Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Tuesday, January 30th, 2024. Thank you for tuning in today. I hope you caught our Pirate Stream episode uh, earlier today. A lot of interesting discussions, uh, things that we ha- I haven't really been getting to in the show in the daily wrap up. We talked about the excess proteins discussion that I was going to get into, and I think this is a very important discussion, very abstract and a lot of it theoretical, but important nonetheless. So make sure you check that out today on the daily wrap up. We will get to some important follow ups in regard to a few stories we've talked about. We haven't got a chance to touch on the hype from yesterday into today around Iran. Now, I call it hype for a reason. doesn't mean it can't end up in kinetic action. But there, I think what's going on there, as we'll get into, is a little bit of partisan manipulation, a little bit of kind of the, the bluster we tend to get in regard to specifically Western and U.S. foreign policy as it pertains to Iran. Kind of just broad stroke, bl- conflating anything they say is Iran adjacent or that they say is Iran allied. It's just all Iran actions and Iran. And we're and I, as I predicted yesterday with people I was speaking with, that this would end up being a kind of multi attack aimed at the PMU in Iraq and Syria, which kind of does seem like that's what's going to happen to you know kind of get ahead of any fear and panic people are fearing because of partisan media as usual. Uh, but nonetheless, it's still bombings. These are still human beings. These are still locations that are occupied by the U.S. government. So it's the same kind of illegal action that Israel is taking against Gaza. It's the same concept. An occupied territory has the right to to legally under the international uh, inter, in, under international law and the Fourth Geneva Convention to armed rebellion, armed resistance. That applies to Syria, Iraq, Afghanistan, any location that's being occupied, including Gaza, Palestine. And that's an important conversation in general, just because I know it's worried a lot of people. We're also going to talk about an interesting point today in regard to facial recognition, artificial intelligence, as it pertains to Israel. We've already talked about the 972 article about, as the, as one of the IDF uh, insiders speaking on the record, called it the mass assassination factory and talking about just bombing buildings just to bring them down, to scare people, to, you know, point is not about Hamas. It's about what we already see, as I'll get to at the end of the show today, the continuation of the plan, which has always been there, to resettle Gaza illegally except the fact that the argument is Hamas. And if you claim they're doing that, even though they're publicly cheering about it and having conventions about it, you're an anti-Semite. That's how like cartoonish this whole thing has gotten. But in regard to facial recognition, not just for targets in, in regard to like locations and buildings, but specifically as Mossad is proudly discussing that they're using facial recognition to scan crowds and then decide who and using that to tell them who Hamas is. And then are we going to pretend that they're vetting that process further like we know they aren't with the bombing of buildings or are they just killing people or rounding them up and tying their fa- their heads and scarves and, you know, tying their hands and all the stuff that we've seen. Yet they tell you that's Hamas. Is that Hamas because the AI said so? And can we trust that? And on top of that, we're going to get into the fact that they've been wrong countless times and how we can prove that this very technology to its peak right now is highly unreliable, like we just talked about. Do you think they care about that? Do you think they care whether or not they had this artificial uh, intelligence recognition? I think it's pretty clear they don't. And they've made that clear, repeatedly stating this on the record. It just matters if you care to hear it and look at it and acknowledge it. But from there, we will talk about the undercover assassinations in the West Bank, which, again, this whole thing has been about Gaza as as the you know, unawares, uninitiated, the corporate media have been framing it. It's about Hamas and Gaza and this focus, which anybody paying attention longer than, 
October 7th forward is very aware this is uh, Palestine and much bigger than just this one location. And they're showing you this every day. And now that it's bled into on a really public way, it's always been in the West Bank. They've been using settlers to assassinate and kill and rape and steal and destabilize and demolish long before October 7th, but now in an official capacity. Now, this is a public, very clear example of the continuation of what they claim they're doing over here in the West Bank. But now because it's become so public, it's now the, the narrative has broadened out. See, there is Hamas in the West Bank. And here's why it's all part of the problem. Even though in the beginning, it was incessantly stated this is just about this location. Never was. It's obvious. And we're going to go through what happened there and why this is egregiously illegal. Even if you think this was a Hamas member that was in this bed, one of which apparently was either incapacitated in a coma. Either way, they're in a protected location, in a bed, in a hospital. And this was an assassination attempt while they dressed like women to go into the hospital and kill them in their beds. Kind of hard to wrap your mind around how that's somehow in line with international law. We'll go through that conversation. And again, how artificial intelligence, facial recognition, that point overlaps the whole conversation today. We'll talk about the... Uh, UNRWA, again, the United Nations Palestinian Refugee Agency, and some really important points into regard. I mean, I think we pretty well broke that down in the last show, but today we're going to talk about, you know, the same points about how this is very clearly an operation, very clearly. And it's been planned. They've stated it. They publicly discussed how they were going to get this group removed. And one of the one of the concepts was about lying about them, essentially, propaganda. But we'll really specifically right off of that point, I'll show you that propaganda and show you how ridiculous this is and show you the points they're making and one key thing you've seen as i'm sure everyone on twitter has seen is this image of a of a man in fatigues on the back of a un truck and all of the screamers about zionism pro-zionist screamers on his on on twitter are reposting that over and over and saying see even though it's a policeman and you can see it says police but guess what just like they always do they just shift their narrative and go oh but it's a hamas policeman does that exist? Well, either way, the point is that they're telling you it's whatever they want you to think it is. But guess what? We can prove, as we tend to do on the show, that that's not what they said it is. In fact, that's from January, early January. And it's in regard to something that has nothing to do with either of the things they're discussing. It's in fact, well, we'll get to it. The point is that the information proves very clearly that this was nothing to do with what they t- were saying it was. Despite the fact that it's a, it's a policeman either way, but it wasn't even the location. I mean, everything about this is a lie. And all they want is to you to jump to conclusions because everything they have is assumptive. Everything. Now, we'll also finish with the point that they yet again, the Israeli government has yet again refused a full hostage exchange because they didn't like the parameters. But it doesn't matter if you think they're trying to save these people, not secondarily behind killing Hamas, but that the whole point is what they keep telling the average people, that it's about saving our hostages. Everything they state is this emotional plea about how we have to save them, but somehow that is uh, the only way to save them is to annihilate Hamas, which happens to be right on top of them. That doesn't make much sense. And again, the people are screaming. The families are bursting into the Knesset and saying, how dare you continue to pretend like you care about our families, and yet our government would screen you down and tell you you're racist for acknowledging what the families of the hostages are saying to their own government. It's pretty crazy. And show you that they don't care about this and that they're just, they're, in fact, specifically, Ben Gavir and his grouping of this religious Zionist party are telling you that there is zero, zero agreement of any ceasefire, regardless of the deal that they want to have happen with Moss, which shows you publicly they don't care about the hostages. It's about their agenda. And they'll happily use those people's lives whenever they can to benefit that agenda. But they don't care about them. 
And on top of that, let's not forget the Hannibal Directive and the countless examples of them assassinating their own people in real time in broad daylight and naming it something else. And we'll go through more points around that whole thing in regard to blocking aid and Mossad proudly pointing it out and saying, yes, keep blocking that aid. And then people like Eli David online going, but there's hundreds of trucks coming through. You're all a bunch of liars. And CC going, Israel's the one stopping it all. So they're lying about trucks coming through because they know they have to. And then trying to pretend that they're not blocking it while proudly praising their own people blocking it. And then saying if they have to, but Egypt's doing it. The thing that we said wasn't happening, but Egypt says, I know they're doing it and can prove it. Everything is a lie in this conversation, guys. It's absolutely kind of, it's, it's mind blowing, but let's start with the Iran discussion because I know it is worried people and, you know, rightly so there, there's a lot this, regardless of whether being just a narrative, you can see that it definitely could spin out into something more severe, which tends to happen when you're toying with, you know, highly armed countries. Now, this is just one of the many different accounts that I'm not familiar with, but, you know, you saw a lot of these right-leaning accounts that came out and were just very quickly saying, and let's read directly, this was nine hours ago, as Biden finalizes his plans for U.S. retaliatory strikes against Iran, now that's not as as on the nose as some of them, but if you, you'll find, I mean, endless amounts of right-wing accounts that are saying that Biden says he's going to bomb Iran, that they're planning to execute bombing, my inside source says they're going to bomb Iran, sure. I doubt all of them doesn't mean they're not going to do that. But all of this has become spun out after he said he's going to retaliate or other variations therein in no way saying they were going to hit Iran. Quite frankly, regardless of how ridiculous, juvenile and belligerent these governments are, it's lunacy for them to, in any sense, bomb Iran, let alone in what's going on in the world right now. They know that as much as all the bluster and the talk and all of the partisan media who don't really understand how technologically advanced and how intelligent and how probably, I mean, the Iranian government and the Iranian nation is nothing like what people in the two party paradigm pretend it is. It's, it's, it's just embarrassing. The fact of and it comes from propaganda. So my point is that in any sense, I think our government is very aware that doing that would be at best destructive for both sides and no ultimate, like it would end up coming to the point of nuclear war. And that would be the U S carrying out these attacks that because they would know that they ultimately are outmatched. It doesn't matter how much you spend. It's about what you truly can achieve. And I think Israel seeing that very clearly right now, but it says planning these attacks against Iran uh, six USAF KC-135 refueling tankers have started to arrive in the Middle East. Now, yes, this is stuff that you can see on these trackers, but even then today, especially, I question whether we can take that stuff at face value. But even then, whether that's indicative of exactly bombing Iran, it's obviously not. It could mean a lot of things. Their arrival raises the prospect of U.S. launching airstrikes in the next 24 hours, which didn't necessarily, well, I guess this was posted nine hours ago, so that is still, make sure this is, that's still accurate. So this yeah, was earlier this morning. So hypothetically, 24-hour point. But remember, 24 hours before that was when people were saying tomorrow they're going to bomb, which didn't happen. So right there, just these people that say these things like they've got inside sources, just be very skeptical. With mid-air refueling capabilities, a strike force can reach Tehran. Well, they could reach Tehran from pretty much wherever they want to, to be quite honest. But it says, although officials expect strikes to target Iranian assets in Iraq and Syria. Exactly. It's exactly what I said before I even looked into this story because it just made much more sense. But just so you know, here, as always, 
Here is what the lunatics in our government are saying, some of them, which is the point that I always make. This in no way means, you know, the U.S. government is going to do X, Y, and Z or said this. Lindsey Graham is not representative of most people in this government, even though I think they're all crazy, let alone in this country. This guy's a maniac. And I quite frankly feel like he is meant to play the role of the belligerent crazy one because he always steps up and is like, assassinate them. You know, which if any other government said the kind of stuff he says on the record, let alone in his individual capacity, which is, I guess, just blends together and they make it whatever they want whenever they need to, right? Like whether or not it's your official account, you're like, I didn't mean that as the congressman or whatever. Like like Israel plays that game where, oh, they said that in their official capacity or not in their public capacity, not as the officials. They're not in the cabinet when they said that. It doesn't matter. They're all screaming for genocide. It's very obvious. Here's what he said. The best response the Biden administration could have to Iran's BS denial of involvement, and we'll get to the point where they admit they literally have zero evidence at all other than the assumption that because this group was involved, therefore it's Iran. And even then, the group is only being stated, the group took credit for it. So my point is, I don't think they have literally any understanding of what happened here other than that claiming Iran did it suits their interests. So him to say that their denial is clearly BS, do we think he has any insight into this? It is all about stating what you want to be the reality as the fact, just like Israel does every 30 seconds today, just like with UNRWA, even though nobody's seen any evidence, it's an allegation, they immediately cut funding, it's because they all have an agenda. So he says the best thing Biden can do after their denial, BS denial, of involvement in the attack that killed and wounded U.S. service members, which of course is horrible, any human being, it's sad, is to target Iranian oil or Iranian military infrastructure valuable to the regime. I mean, that's a war. That's that is an attack. That is a, that is that is declaring war on Iran. Even though they sort of already do the when they do this kind of stuff today, it is in a way that is seen. I mean, can be perceived even in the way that would interest Iran as not necessarily immediately attacking them. And in some cases, that's you know, Iran would choose to see it that way because they don't want to be the one to initiate this, which they everything they do seems to be clear that they're trying actually to de-escalate this. And everything as U.S. and Israel does is about trying to not <laughs> to drive it further, which I think is plainly self-evident. Oh, I forgot this this uh, this uh, link I was going to play. Let me finish this part and then I'll, I'll come back to Ritter's video. That reminded me of it when I said that because he makes a similar point. But arguing to bomb their locations, like whether in or in out in or out of Iran, like think about if any other country bombed a U.S. base, and I mean like or or specifically oil in like, and I'm not talking about the PMU. And there's a reason that this is different. First of all, because it's an it's an entity within the Iraqi military that is literally occupied by the United States, which in many cases does give them different munitions, which then end up in the hands of the very people that they're fighting. Think about how ridiculous that is. Almost you could say that it's a dog and pony show. That it's a proxy entity, maybe whether they realize that or not, like that they're literally funding them in different backward ways. They then bomb them, they bomb back, and it's like this fake, ba it creates the illusion from the U.S. perspective that they're engaged with Iran when they're not. Like the idea that PMU is anything other than an ally of Iran, ideologically and otherwise, is absurd. This is the game of life. This is like saying any other country, in any sense, in every context, would be a, a U.S.-backed X, Y, and Z. Right. Not that Israel did this, but today the U.S. backed Zionist state bombed this location. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess it makes sense. But is that the right way to frame that? I mean, in a lot of ways, it's kind of a bad point because you may make that argument. But from this perspective, the, the, the PMU or Qatib Hezbollah is simply an, a lot, an, an entity that rose up in the fight against ISIS, the actual fight backed by Iran and different like Syria and the different groups. 
and has been allied with them. Now, they were much closer back in the day. Robert's written about it a lot. Today, I mean, quite frankly, they're far closer to the Iraqi government, specifically in Iraq and the United States. But he wants you to bomb Iranian locations because the PMU, who, by the way, is the U.S., continues to bomb under the guise they're fighting with Iran. And Iran goes, well, that wasn't us. We're not going to do anything. Not necessarily. They they say they denounce certain things. But the only times you've seen Iran truly respond is when something happened directly to Iran. But it says anything less will be seen as weakness. Right. So if you remember the, the, the way they framed the old Soviet Union and pretend that's what Russia does today when literally everything they do shows you the opposite and no way that's good or bad. It's just showing the, the basic reality of what they do, showing restraint. He is the embodiment of everything they pretend that's what that was or was at that time. Only have to show, you know, power through, or control through strength or, or peace through strength or whatever. That everything you have to do is based on whether you're perceived as weak. So all it does, it's the whole hammer analogy. If you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Look at Mr. Hammer. And he says, the president has all the authority he needs to act. No, he doesn't. Think about how absurd that is. You're a member of Congress and you're literally publicly circumventing your own control over the situation. Because you're a maniac who wants war. Or at least that's your role to play. Think about that. They have to have congressional approval to attack any country. I guess they just don't care about that anymore. Iran's denial of any involvement, he says, or complicity in the recent deaths of three Americans and the wounding of many others is beyond offensive. Because of because evidence? No, because that's what he wants. These brave Americans in Jordan, in Syria, which will prove, even Jordan tells you this, and will show you why it was in the all-top face, which is basically a holding staging ground for terrorism. It's been shown a thousand times over. They're working with their moderate rebels and they're destabilizing Syria. They're stealing and using that to process different things they're taking out of the country. And that's why they didn't want you to know it was Al-Tamf in Syria. Yes, it's like right on the border, but it wasn't in Jordan. And there's also the difference, the fact that they're bombing an occupied area, which means they have the legal right to do that, whether or not they were attacked first as Syria or Iraq in the sense of the overlap of the PMU. But in this case, we're talking about Syria because they exist in both locations. He says, these brave Americans in Jordan were part of the anti-ISIS campaign. What a joke. Literally bombing the groups that actually fought ISIS and pretending that the group that was working with funding and arming and moving them around for their own benefit was the one actually fighting them to protect our homeland from future attacks. Hardly. It's a long past, it's long past time, he says, this regime to pay a heavy price. He's talking about Iran in general. All the attacks against American forces in the region are by Iranian-backed proxies. Proxies. You see, this is the kind of belligerent nonsense that actually drives us closer to real war, risking real American and other, it, it, wherever we are, Ameri uh, human life. Iran-backed proxies. So that they want you to believe that this was Iran acting against the United States. It was not. Now, look, I'm not going to say, well, let's be clear. That's my opinion. Based on all the facts we have in front of us, the point, though, is it's obvious that Iran supports the resistance and Iran might very well be sending them arms, which, by the way, would be their legal right to do so. There's no, it's, it's ridiculous. And Ritter makes a great point on that, which I'll just, I'll leave right there and let him make this point about the interesting overlap to claiming that if you're funding somebody or arming somebody, that therefore you're complicit in their actions. You know where that goes. It says, it is clear the Iranian regime wants to drive us out of the Middle East so they can implement their twisted desire to dominate Islam. <laughs> God, I mean, I'm so glad today that people are laughing at these kind of, this is, this is straight out of Zionism. This man is completely taken by these agendas. So listen to somebody who understands the situation and, you know, is, you know, has the courage to speak about it. Hit us. They killed three Americans. They wounded 40 others. Now we shouldn't have been there. The tragedy here is that these soldiers, I think they're reservists from Georgia involved in engineering, 
Um, you know, they should not have been there. It's a tragedy that they died, but what the heck did we expect was going to happen? And we knew that they were attacking us. We knew that there was this potential. So now what are we doing? We're trying to come up with a deterrent um, to prevent future attacks by doing what? By expanding the conflict um, so that Iran is dragged into this. Exactly. That's their desire, right? And what's also important is what Iran last did. That was actually a deterrence, right? They did not directly target anything that could be taken out you know, to expand the conflict. They demonstrated their deterrence power in a way that showed that they would do more didn't didn't it wasn't the, the attack itself did not drive anyone to feel like they had to respond and they stopped it's the exact opposite of what everything the western powers are doing they're driving this to something larger and that again do not ever take that as the argument that iran is the good guy i do not think any of that applies the point is that they recognize the belligerence of driving this incrementally further towards nuclear war it's simple and realize that iran as much as you want to pretend otherwise does not have nuclear weapons it's against their religion, and on the top of that, even the State Department acknowledged very recently, I just covered this, that they didn't. The International Atomic Energy Agency also followed up on that for like the umpteenth time, and yet they just keep saying otherwise. Why? Because there's an obvious agenda. Let's not forget the five countries in seven years. Iran was always the end point. This is stupid beyond belief. The Iranians will not be deterred from anything. Uh, the Iranians have said we had nothing. They had nothing to do with this attack. Um, well, maybe they didn't order the attack, but I think that the drone that was used to strike the base was an Iranian-made drone that was provided to these forces. Wait, a well, certainly possible. And this is the most important point right here. Listen up. Committed America, are you trying to tell me that if a nation provides weapons to a third party and that third party attacks you, that they're a party to the conflict? Oh, wow. What's that say about what we're doing in, uh, in Ukraine? But that's a whole different. Or Israel. Obviously, different story altogether. The, um, the 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 point is, we're going to do what? Strike Iran? What did the Iranian Navy have to do with right. this strike at Altaf? Not a damn thing. So if we hit an Iranian naval uh, target, we're expanding the war, and the Iranians will say you've attacked us, and now we'll have a general war. And exactly. if you think, or, or by the way, oil installations are what Lindsey Graham was talking about. Right. Th those are strategic assets. The same thing as the United States would say. They will think that is an act of war and it will be. I mean, technically, that is what that is. So even that, like mark my words. It's going to be. Specific and multifaceted attacks on PMU in multiple locations in Syria and Iraq, which basically is what he's already saying. But and that's the only thing that makes any sense. And it's the only way they can save any face. What happened in Al-Tanf was bad. Wait till the Iranians start dragging. Remember when they hit the al-Assad base with their ballistic missiles, the precise nature of those attacks. If the Iranians unleash their precision-guided missiles on American facilities um, in the region, uh, we won't have three dead. We won't have 30 dead. We won't have 300 dead. We could have 3,000 dead. Right. For what? For what? Because we want to look tough? This is, this is the trap that the Biden administration has created for itself. We're not going to win. We're not deterring anything. All we're doing is escalating the conflict. And the only person that's happy right now is Benjamin Netanyahu. Exactly. Because this is what he has wanted from day one. Since right. he and the point is that they are escalating. Everything they're doing right now, is, it, like if you apply this to any other country in any other dynamic, people would be like, well, obviously that's inflammatory.
I mean, anybody honest would say that anyway. It's blatantly inflammatory. Statements like this are ridiculously irresponsible, but they're all trying to bluster and make this happen. Now, in case you forgot, this one's written by Whitney Webb. This is from 2019. Syria's Rukban, otherwise known as Al-Tamp, the base there. I think Rukban is the, the camp. The Al-Tamp is the base that the U.S. government has there, like we don't know about it. Now little more than a U.S.-controlled concentration camp, and the Pentagon won't let the refugees leave. Now, much has changed since then, but it is still a terrible place where people that are the civilians that are there are abused and manipulated on a regular basis. It's proven that there are assets there, ISIS, Al-Qaeda, that they come and go. I mean, I don't know why we need to prove this to anybody. I just showed you the Yemen conversation and the most current map on the ground that shows you the pockets of Al-Qaeda, despite Eli David clumsily trying to lie about that, showing you the pockets of Al-Qaeda are comfortably right inside the controlled Saudi Arabian area that, that in fact have only gotten bigger since that started. It's so painfully clear that they work with these entities. And that, I mean, it's just obvious. Now, here's another one I covered on, this was with Eva Bartlett, our interview on 2019 in July, the U.S. run all Rukban internment camp in Syria. I mean, it's horrifying what they were doing to these people. And this one was about, oh, and this was the important part about this. Just one other angle to this. Israel attacks Syria from U.S.-controlled areas. So al-Rukban, al al-Tamf, becomes a very important strategic location for Israel to continue to indiscriminately and without consequence bomb Syria whenever it feels like. That's probably one of the reasons this becomes important as this was they clearly seem to be driving this into a larger regional war. Now, here is what Biden said uh, this was today. He says he's decided a U.S. response. Now, it's funny is that almost, I guess, 48 hours ago, all the partisan media was saying, tomorrow, it's all going to go down tomorrow. I don't know why. Like, what's funny to me is they put these statements out that says, you know, inside, so, you know, Biden has decided he's going to do something to Iran. It's like, okay, at what point does that feel honest to you? Like, I was talking about this with my brother, actually. And the point is, doesn't that seem ridiculous that you're openly saying, or at least insinuating that you're going to bomb Iran? Why wouldn't they just respond first? Isn't that by your very definition of the logic, preemptive self-defense? Aren't you literally going, we're going to bomb Iran? Now, hypothetically, had Iran just decided to bomb something, even U.S. adjacent, like a U.S. ally or a U.S. installation of, you know, whatever we're talking about. And they said, well, look, you said you were going to bomb us. Isn't that exactly what Israel and the U.S. keep saying, that we have the right to react knowing you're going to attack? And they, they, whether it was real or not, they said it. Now, obviously, that's ridiculous. It's just as ridiculous for any other person in the world to say, we think you're going to do X, Y, and Z, even if they say it out loud. So we're going to call it defense when we attack you first. It's ridiculous and Orwellian. It's called the Bethlehem Doctrine. And as far as I know, only the U.K., Israel, and the U.S. pretend that that's a logical thing to do. But think about that. If they were to do it, of course they wouldn't accept that. They'd say Iran attacked and it's a, a you know big deal, unprecedented. So just think about how ridiculous that is. Or the fact that why would we believe that that's what they're going to do? Let's say Biden said, I'm going to bomb Iran. Why would you come out and signal that? It just doesn't make sense unless some of this is in fact theater. So think about that. But here's what he actually said. President Biden says he has decided how the U.S. will respond to a drone strike that killed three American troops in Jordan. Well, here, let's just do this first, seeing as how it's so frustrating this keeps happening. If you look this up, Jordan says the drone attack was in Syria. <laughs> Weird how none of the actual results say that. Biden says the you know attack in, in Jordan, the failed attack in Jordan, 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 except the one I'm looking at here, Jordan says, you know, they don't even talk about, but all of them, all of the main outlets, despite the fact that Jordan said it did not happen in Jordan, they don't even mention that. 
This shows you how lockstep the Western media from both sides can get when things become important. I think that's embarrassingly obvious. Now, the headline seems to have changed, even though on the, when you search for it, it says, uh, as you can see right here, Jordan says deadly attack on U.S. troops occurred in Syria, not Jordan. But the article still says the same, saying that Jordan on Sunday condemned the drone attack that killed U.S. troops at an outpost near the Syrian border. It says Jordan condemned the terrorist attack and, and says um, from the U.S. forces that are cooperating with Jordan and counting terrorism after president. Or was it? Yeah, right here. Um, saying Jordan's government spokesman said the attack did not happen in Jordan. Doesn't that matter? Seeing as how this is an ally even, doesn't it matter? Are we pretending they're lying? Are they now an Iranian proxy? It's just so embarrassing. And again, they're saying very clearly they attacked the Altamp base in Syria. So why are they lying about that? Well, it's like I said, first of all, it's a base that they really don't want people paying attention to that, that basically locks down a very important crossing between these borders. But it also... Again, as we're, uh, argue Israel uses as well as they freely let them use American passports to act throughout Iraq. I've shown you this more than once, which is illegal in every way, everything they do. There's one other point that I'm blanking on. Anyway, the point is that they wouldn't want you to know that this was, oh, the, the occupied, obvious, the, the obvious point. It's an occupied territory. No one denies that. They just argue somehow there's a, a mission reason, <laughs> mission creep. Is the, that, that's the, that in the dictionary, you look up mission creep, it's UC's, U.S. presence in Syria, <laughs> where they can argue that it's about al-Qaeda or 9-11 or whatever they want it to be about, and then suddenly it just becomes, as Trump said, it's about the oil. Like, very clearly that we're here for the oil, right? <laughs> it doesn't matter, though. So if you know it's in Syria, therefore, it's, you can prove, if you really come down to it, that the people in Syria, including the PMU, which works with their government in Syria, would have the right to attack the occupier, whether or not they're attacked first. All of that seems pretty clear why they wouldn't want you to know it was actually in Syria. But yet, nobody cares that Jordan's saying that, screaming at the top of their lungs. Biden announced, uh, did not elaborate on his remarks, but added, I don't think we need a wider war in the Middle East. Well, that's pretty obvious. He's not going to bomb Iran. Iran-backed militia group have claimed responsibility. Now, Iran-backed, even that, I, the way they use it is is manipulative, but that's fair and accurate. But you know, it's like it's like like I said, it's like describing the UK as a as a, a you know U.S. backed entity, <laughs> as opposed to Britain, all right, or U.S. backed Zionist entities as opposed to Israel. It's you know, I, arguably makes sense, but it's it's manipulative, right? It's in, it's meant to make you think that everything being done is because of what the U.S. is saying, and there's in many cases you could argue that might apply that way, and maybe even this way. But you should first of all have to prove that. And recognize that this group is not Iran, as much as, as Lindsey Graham would go right to calling it Iran proxy. But they've taken responsibility for it. You could argue they're lying, and Iran said they're not involved. So at this point, if they've got any evidence, they damn well better bring it forward. But they never do, because it's just rhetoric, like everything else. He was also asked if Iran would, should be blamed. And here's what's clear about this. This is what makes it very clear that they weren't responsible, that they know that. And it's really just about using the connection to make it seem as if they're likely involved. He says, I do hold them responsible in the sense that they're supplying the weapons to the people who did it. Well, there's Scott Ritter's point right there. Well, okay, well, then by that logic, you're responsible for everything that everybody does with your weapons, which they supply as these as uh, think tanks have proven year after year. Some of the most, if not the most, dangerous locations in the world. Places that will use them for war crimes. Places that will use them for illegitimate purposes and violate international law. There's all sorts of groups that catalog this stuff, and the U.S. is the top of the list. All for freedom, apparently. Saudi Arabia, 
Things like Israel, <laughs> it's ridiculous. And those are the ones we know about. It's much worse than that. So Ukraine, Israel, easy examples. So if you're, if you're funding Ukraine, they're committing war crimes, which even the corporate media has grudgingly admitted in some cases, then they're, you're responsible. But Israel's the best example, seeing as how all of the corporate media, every human rights group, the United Nations, and literally everybody that might matter in any other circumstances told you it's genocide and they're killing people with the weapons you're giving. Or how about just this one? But just this one, just the proof that both New York Times and Haaretz did their own investigations and found that the most destructive U.S. made and, de and delivered bombs, 2,000 pound bombs, were used in the places that were safe. These are called dumb bombs. So how do you, how do you disagree with that? So by that logic, the United States is guilty of general. Well, we know that's the case because of their own complicit actions. But based on this one point, it's just it shows you the hypocrisy of everything they do. Iran is denied involvement, of course, and it says the White House National Security Council spokesman John Kirby said the U.S. might take a tiered approach. <laughs> so they're walking back the bluster in the beginning, not just a single action, but potentially multiple actions over a period of time. Right. So you're so you are not really doing much other than bombing the groups that have nothing to do with this. Mr. Kirby added the president will do. Well, I mean, I shouldn't say that. Whether or not the PMU was responsible for you to decide, they did take credit for it, but more so doing that, act, acting like they're attacking Iran when they're not. The president will do what he has to do to protect our troops and our facilities and to look after our national security. None of that has to do with any of that. The only reason that there's any conflict right in this location is because of your presence and your illegitimate bombings. That's it. They're, they're, they're publicly saying they're responding because you've attacked the PMU countless times without any provocation. Which, by the way, is part of the Iraqi military, which is the place they're occupying. And in fact, again, supplying some weapons to. The president has a number of options, including retaliatory strikes on Iran allied bases and commanders, which to them means anything. That could be in the Houthis or the Ansarallah movement. It could be in Hamas. It could be in Hezbollah. It won't mean any of those things. Maybe the Yemen, maybe in Yemen, because they've already done that. But again, Syria and Iraq, mark my words. As that pretty much says here, the recent months, several U.S. bases in the Middle East have been attacked by, here's the lie from BBC, militants trained, funded, and equipped by Iran. Now, there may be some elements of that, but it's simply not that obvious, and I don't think anything other than assistance, possibly with some weaponry, but just support as allied entities like we work with, like, you know, many countries work with lots of allies. To say that they're trained, funded, that's just another way of saying a proxy. It's not true. The Islamic resistance in Iraq, which is made up of several Iran-affiliated militias operating, has claimed responsibility. So now you're talking about a broader concept that made up of multiple, what they say are Iran-affiliated. Again, that's like saying Israel's in a U.S.-affiliated Zionist state. Not inaccurate, but it's a manipulation. It has also said it mounted other attacks against U.S. forces in recent weeks. Kataeb Hezbollah, PMU, an armed faction of the Islamic resistance, said on Tuesday it would suspend all of its military operations against U.S. troops in the region to avoid embarrassment for the Iraqi government. So you're going to tell me that Iran is going to back down its actions, like, but that's not what's happening. It's what they're framing. So it wouldn't embarrass Iraqi government? You know what that sounds like to me? Part of the Iraqi military falling in line because that's what it is. Now, here, here's the location, by the way. So it just shows you all these areas they're claiming were the attacks on Iraq, U.S. and, and uh, U.S. bases in Iraq and Syria. The only one in Jordan is this one right here, which isn't in Jordan. It's the Altaf base, which is in Syria, on near the border, in Syria. All the rest are in Syrian Iraq, which means it's a legal act of armed rebellion. 
per the Geneva Conventions for an occupied territory. It's very simple. You don't just get to pick, pick and choose what you follow. Now, here's just, I just want to show you this. Now, yeah, this is from 2019, and things have shifted and changed, but the, the overall point is you can prove since the occupation, the U.S. government has in some cases provided weaponry to the, Israel, to the Iraqi government. Here in 2019, Iraq orders these militias, one of them being the popular mobilization units, to integrate fully into the state security forces. Pretty simple. Doesn't mean you couldn't argue that Ron still influences or controls them, but you have to understand evidence does matter. And all of the evidence we have shows you that they're simply part of the Iraqi military, which again means that the U.S. government is literally fighting a group that in many ways has weaponry they provided to them. Doesn't surprise me, though. That's pretty much what the, the, the wag the dog reality around the world. Khaleesi shared this important point. The Pentagon essentially admitting that they have no evidence behind that Iran is behind these attacks. So ask yourself why they're even insinuating they'd bomb Iran or why all of the people like Lindsey Graham are blatantly saying that. You already know why. It's about agenda and propaganda. Just to follow up, you said Iran was behind the attack. What does that mean? Have you seen evidence of... Oh, and that's a, it's cut off the, the earlier part. Just remember, she just like we see with Matt Miller, and then they, they kind of wishy-washy kind of you know bend themselves in a knot to try to make it sound like they didn't say... But she said they were responsible. Just like Matt Miller said, well, they didn't release these hostages because they probably were raped. And even the IDF came out and said, whoa, that probably just because it made them look good. But they said, that's, whoa, you're being irresponsible. We don't know that. <laughs> but even Matt, Matt Miller just floats that for no reason. No, there's an they're being driven by these Zionist entities or by their own government who are supporting the Zionist entities. So she says Iran's behind it. And here's how she walks it back. Financing or directing anything specific to this attack, not just generally but specifically uh so maybe i need to clarify further um from what lead yeah, mentioned we maybe. know that iran funds these groups like Qatar <laughs> hezbollah we know that, that these irgc backed militias are the ones responsible for attacks on our troops in iraq and syria uh beyond that we're we're doing an intelligence assessment so we don't have i don't i can't give you today that just so it's clear the irgc that's the iranian military essentially so to simply argue that these are part of that military. I mean, that, that's not necessary. Like, I can't say whether or not they have people there. And by the way, if they did, that, there's no crime being committed there. They are allies. But they are responsible for proving these allegations or whether they're simply just eluding and alleging that these people are part of the IRGC and that therefore makes it Iran. And even then, I mean, let's be clear, there's, there's certainly possible that these entities could be moving around as they see fit anyway. Now, I'm just making it as objective as possible. The the point is, the only evidence we have, as she's admitting, is simply that they're connected. Therefore, when they act, it's Iran. That's not evidence. That's an assumption. This attack, linking it to Iran. We just know that Iran funds these groups like Qatar Hezbollah and other groups that have attacked our forces, but I don't have more to share on. As a general matter, saying, right? As a general matter, yes. Right. Broad assumption. Now, even then, that's not even entirely accurate. That they fund them implies that it's a constant flow of money. It's not. They're allies. Like many entities are allies and there is potentially trans. I mean, I, look, I could, I'm not going to try to say that I, that they, maybe there is some background funding that's constantly there. They don't prove that. And I can't find any constant evidence of that constantly happening. They worked a lot more, a lot closer when they were engaged with the fight against ISIS for the most part. And ultimately today, they're again, part of the Iraqi military. So the idea that they would be funding them needs to be proven in any sense, you know, that it's a constant concept. And that's not happening. 
So what we're left with is the facts on the table, which show you that they simply are working as allies and support each other. But that what they want you to think is because of this flimsy overlap and the possibility that we're going so far as to threaten attacks on this country. That's just belligerence. And then lastly, this was yesterday. Justice Department indicts an Iranian drug lord in alleged plot to assassinate U.S. residents. As always, because, you know, an Iranian, therefore it must be the government, or Chinese must be the Chinese government, or Russian must be the Russian government, which is possible. But as I think Orwell said, this just seems like it's just, you know, rising the level. Oh, no, Hamas or Iranian people, they might be coming to assassinate you through the border. Like, it just, it doesn't, it's ridiculous. Not that it's not possible, but if you read this, first of all, on Monday, it says they they indicted an Iranian-backed drug lord. An Iranian-backed drug lord. Okay, that's a little bit different than the title. But then it says, along with two Canadian nationals. Okay, so my point is the same. Why wouldn't you call those U.S.-backed nationals? Right? Isn't that the same thing? No, because calling them U.S.-backed nationals makes it sound like something different than what they are, Canadian nationals. So what are these people? Are they Iranian? My point is you can read through this whole thing, and they are Iranian. My point is simply to argue that why you're trying to frame this as some kind of a state-level action when there's really no evidence whatsoever for that. This is about trying to raise this fever pitch that they're all coming to get you, which, frankly, their own actions and history around this show you it's exactly the opposite. Now, let's talk about these same kinds of entities and the lies. The very same people that are pointing at Iran and screaming that they're all coming to get you, they're building nuclear weapons, they're lying about it over for the last 20-plus years and been proven wrong over and over and over. Here's Mossad admitting to you. Now, at this point, carry this with you for the rest of the show because this is important for the other three essential segments we're going to get into. This is the Mossad, one of the the official accounts for Mossad, saying facial recognition system scans the mob that flees the battle zones. Here, I'll play this for you. And you can hear what they're basically telling them. I think it's something along the lines of, you know, make look, you know, getting their attention, look here, which means scan your faces. It's Orwellian as hell. So they're all walking by, and there's a you know camera set up. You can see the little camera right there, scanning all their faces, all their right. What you know, it's crazy. So the point is, they're saying they use this facial recognition system to scan the mob that flees the battle zones. Right. So your bombings in locations that were cold, they were be safe, and they're fleeing from one to the next. My point is, it says you have to go. Four by four, the system cross-references facial data with the artificial intelligence, and thus, far hundreds of terrorists have been caught. Hmm, interesting. In the background, you can hear the sermon from the mouth of the righteous warrior who preaches the, to the Nazis about their great success in the blessed opera. <laughs> My God. Like, this, like, even from the level of their intelligence, like, they're petty, childish entities, it seems. But the ultimate point is, Artificial intelligence, facial recognition. Now, again, do you think that they are then secondarily making sure, or are they just listening to what this broadly tells them as Hamas? Seeing as how they don't seem to care that much when they just scoop up literally anybody, and on top of that, I think it's provable that it's not even about Hamas, but specifically all Palestinians, and whether it might be at all about Hamas and only Palestinians, we should be asking, because they're killing their own people on a regular basis. But do you remember this? And this is the one we talked about before, the mass assassination factory using the uh, 
God, I forgot it again. It's H-A-B. Sara. Habsara. Habsora. Jeez, I don't know why I can't remember that. It, this is a system called Habsora, which stands for the gospel, which is an artificial intelligence system that is basically picking targets for them. And the article describes what the IDF says themselves this is completely indiscriminate. They're, they're bombing all sorts of in, innocent buildings. They're taking them down just to do it, just to send a message that they're killing all sorts of innocent people. And the point is that this is seemingly all of what's happening. Bombing buildings, bombing people, arresting people, and it, using artificial intelligence. Now, I'm just going to play the beginning of this. You remember the story we just showed you? This is from five days ago. So the, the high, so you're talking about a level of, well, I mean, we're talking about a store, but nonetheless, artificial intelligence, facial recognition. And, and even as Whitney's covered, the highest levels of this, like at the at intelligence, law enforcement, that it's wildly, wildly unpredictable and inaccurate, depending on a lot of factors. Just, just remember, just want to play the beginning of this. This is what just happened to a man because they trusted the artificial intelligence, facial recognition. Mother is suing the parent companies of Macy's and Sunglass Hut after he was wrongfully accused and arrested for robbery in Harris County in 2022. But that's just where the story begins. Fox 26's Anthony Antoine spoke with the victim's lawyer. He joins us now with those details. Anthony. Well, faulty facial recognition software is at the heart of this case. 61-year-old Harvey Eugene Murphy Jr., a grandfather, was taken to jail because the technology pinned him as the primary suspect for that robbery. But according to the law, suit he was taken to jail and in a matter of hours he was beaten raped and then released and now years later he's suing so just so you have to watch the whole thing again so he was you know beaten raped released the point was when this went down had they cared to do any due diligence other than trust the artificial intelligence he was in another state and he could prove it Nonetheless, what happened was they used their artificial intelligence facial recognition and decided that this was the guy and then put that out, even though you could prove at that time he was in another state, and then he later comes back to the state, goes to the DMV, and a cop comes out and arrests him on the spot. Puts him in jail, where he's raped, and then, you know, oops, let him out. And now he's suing. My point is, it's simple to see how the reliance on this is an easy thing to do. It's, it's easy and, uh, you know, almost like a, a cop-out, because it makes you think, you know, you could trust it. It's, the point is that we can I guess the simple question is, do you think that's part of what's happening here? Do you think they even care? Because what we're seeing is stuff like this. Here's Mossad going, terrorists killed in Khan Yunus. You know, the location where they're all there because they were told to go there to be safe. And to me, this looks like two people walking and being bombed. Now, sure, maybe that's Hamas. Do, is that because they trusted this artificial intelligence system or because they trusted this artificial intelligence system? Do we even know? Does it matter? Are they killing all Palestinians anyway? Things like this, as Daniel Amotas points out, a video published by the Israeli media shows dozens of Palestinians detained by the occupation forces in this completely dehumanizing way that everybody was freaking out about when it came to China, but now apparently it's justified because they may be bad. Who knows? They might be terrorists. Just shows you how quick the moral superiority vanishes when it becomes something that they care about. These are hypocrites I'm talking about. The point is, are these all Hamas members? But we already know how this works out. They've done this before. Remember this? We just talked about it. This was wildly, this was spread by every pro-Zionist. Here's Mossad saying over 100 terrorists have crawled out of the tunnels. Remember what happened? 
Even the IDF later released like 98% of them. And even then, I don't think any of them were proven to be Hamas. People were coming out of the woodwork to say, that's a doctor right there. That's my friend. That's a, that's my sister. So, And none of them were actually Hamas. Even then, do you think they would have, if they arrested 100 Hamas members, wouldn't they be parading that in front of everybody? Wouldn't they be proving that to everybody? It didn't happen. But Hamas, Mossad, nonetheless, took, took advantage of it to say, look, we got them all. They all came out of a tunnel, which was proven to not even be what happened. So it's just about narrative all the time. And this person says this picture is from northern Gaza, not Khan Yunus. And these are civilians who were kidnapped from an UNRWA shelter. Because we'll get to that segment in a minute, because this is a targeted attack on this, on this specific lifeline for Palestinians. But again, the point was it was later proven, even by their own people, to have not been that at all. But here's Mossad. Or excuse me, I take that back. Here is Eli David. Same thing. <laughs> sort of kidding. Hundreds of Hamas terrorists surrendered today in Khan Yunus. Oh, is that what happened? It's not. And you can easily prove that, that these people were rounded up, even according to IDF members. But for whatever reason, I mean, it's not for whatever reason. These people, all they know is to, this is about damage control. So what do you do? You just put out a picture and blatantly lie about it. And, you know, you may gain a few more people that think you're on the right side. People that may not care to check facts because they like Twitter files, right? Here's the facts. In a general sense, what we learned is that you can't put any reliance on Israeli accounts of events. They routinely misrepresent civilians as militants to justify attacking them. A father of a volunteer killed by the IDF. Out there was a young photojournalist and was uh, covering the ISM, which is a protest movement. And he was rescuing some children or tried to help rescue children from sniper fire from an Israeli watchtower. And he was shot by one of their soldiers. And uh, that led to quite a long investigation to find out what was, what was happening. And I think one of the lessons that we learned from that was that you can't place any reliance on, on Israeli accounts of events. And I think that's why I feel it's particularly relevant today when we're hearing the Israelis explain their actions in Gaza. Um, the investigation we undertook showed that they routinely falsely misrepresent uh, civilians as, as uh, military targets, as bearing arms or um, as militants, and use that as a pretext for shooting them. And the investigation we carried out showed that that was exactly what was happening on that occasion. It's what we were led to believe by those in the diplomatic sector who, who, who advised us at the time. And um, so... Our, our worry was that this was happening again now, and the Israelis are very similar to what's happening with the um, claims that Hamas are using hospitals and civilian facilities and exactly. so on as uh, bases, and that's why they target hospitals and uh, the infrastructure and water treatment plants and so on. So I think that, that was our concern, that this was happening again because it does seem that that's the IDF approach uh, to routinely misrepresent what are ordinary civilian targets as, in some way, tainted with a military aspect and therefore justify their attacking them. Right. And think about how embarrassing that is for people like the Matt Millers of the world to come out and just blindly take their statements as fact while blindly dismissing anything else as unverified. Even though you just said that you didn't, this is just a statement from Israel or an allegation about UNRWA. You sure as hell take that face value. So it's just blatant hypocrisy on the surface. 
Now, remember, look, again, remember what he's saying right here. You can prove that these people, as even their own posts show you, that they captured, rounded up. And yet he frames it as they surrendered today because he's a liar and they have nothing but lies and they have to because they're desperate. Now, let's get into using and keeping that in mind, the idea of arbitrarily deeming people targets or terrorists even or even locations when they're not so they can act against them. And seemingly all of the U.S. government, and everybody else will just blindly go, but Hamas, human shields without anything to prove that. Think about this. Think about four months plus, And we haven't seen a single example, a provable piece of evidence to show you not from something from before, even then. Even old investigations prove they couldn't verify that. But from today, from October 7th forward, show me one provable example that you can actually verify, not statements or anything like that, of them being using human shields as well as launching from hospitals and whatever else. It wouldn't surprise me if it happened. My point is we don't have any evidence, and they've let this go four months off of allegations from a proven liar or liars, depending on who we're talking about, Netanyahu or the government. Here, this happened today. Israeli undercover forces dressed as women and medics stormed the West Bank hospital and killed three people. A hospital spokesman said there was no exchange of fire, indicating that what is a, it was a targeted killing. Now, even if you think these people were terrorists, there is the, there, this, all, the, the same international law that they forced down everybody's throats when they're not following it, is will we'll make it very clear that you cannot just execute somebody who is unarmed, lying in a bed, no matter what you think they are. But, you know, you could apply this to things the U.S. has done or all around the world. They don't care about the law. They only care about using it to make you think they care about it and to control actions. They murdered these people, and they went in dressed like women. Here's just a video showing one of them who is, you know, being put to rest. Farewell to Muhammad Walid Jalam, Jalamna, who was assassinated by the occupation forces with his companions inside the Ibn Sini Hospital in Janine. Now here, th this is We Are All Palestine, says martyred in the hospital, continued aftermath. And here's what the typical Zionist supporter would say. Great news. Three less rapists. Right, because anybody Palestinian is is all is therefore Hamas and therefore all rapists because you buy the lies that have been repeatedly shown to be false or don't care either way. Here's medical aid for Palestinians who bro broke this down. This morning, Israeli forces raided the uh, Ibn Sini Hospital in Janine, disguised as civilians and medical personnel, killing three Palestinians. Now, ask yourself first of all: Do you think they even needed to pretend they were somebody else? As you're saying, there was no exchange fire. There was nobody guarding anything. This was a hospital. They, they broke in and shot people lying in their beds. That's what happened. According to Dr. Uh, uh, Tafik uh, Shabaki, the head, of the, the head of the surgery unit at the hospital, Israeli forces beat some of the doctors and the nurses at the hospital. Does that sound like it, it's only about the Hamas members? No, it is clearly about all of Palestine. Quote, it is a scene we have gotten used to, where Israeli soldiers disguised as civilians invade the hospital to detain the injured people. This time was different. So realize, this is not post-October 7th unique. They've been doing this a long time. They were disguised as doctors and medical personnel, which I think there's a, a, a right there. I, I have to speak to an international law, uh, lawyer of international law or, a, you know, an expert. I feel like that in and of itself is some kind of a violation, but it says the, their group is deeply concerned about the increasing trend in attacks on healthcare and occupy in the occupied West Bank. That's the major part about this. This is not Gaza. 
This is in the West Bank. It says, with at least 358 attacks recorded since October 7th. And nobody's really talking about how much is going on in the West Bank. Not like we're talking about in Gaza. Even Jordan said early on, if you try to displace these people, that's war for them. It says, hospitals and healthcare workers must be protected in accordance with international humanitarian law. All right. Beating up these doctors and nurses, was is that legal as well under some abstract argument that there's bad guys there? No, it's actually not. Now, it says, we call on the international community to take urgent action to end attacks on health care. But most of them don't care. Most of them are blindly supporting anything Israel says, removing funding from UNRWA while trying to walk some middle ground line to not lose as much face because everyone sees the genocide taking place. But it says, including by ensuring that violations of international law are met with meaningful accountability. Let's not forget, by the way, they literally just were given provisional orders to stop most of what's happening here. And plausibly being accused of genocide based on the fact that it has merit per the ICJ. And what they do, they ramped up their efforts. They increased their attacks and have killed an unprecedented amount of people. Something like 175 and just, I mean, it was, I guarantee it's more than that from yesterday. That was in the middle of the day that report came out. Multiple locations, mass incursions, hundreds of people killed. We already know it's about 117 on average children die every day. Pregnant women giving birth in the streets with nothing. Children getting amputated with no anesthetic. All these things have been proven. And this is acceptable because Hamas. He says, as well as increased attacks on healthcare in the West Bank, Israeli forces are regularly attacking healthcare in Gaza, including its hospitals. Your governments are complicit in this. There's Mossad, the operation that eliminated three terrorists. Now, look, based on what we just heard them saying, these are all terrorists. And it turned out that most of them weren't. I mean, frankly, it looks like all of them were not. But my point in saying the most of the word is that even the IDF came out and said we released like 90 plus percent of these people. So they lied. Mossad, just like this, came out and told a blatant lie, which I think I, we know they were lying about, or rather that they knew they were lying about. So why would we take this at face value? They'll say this no matter what. They're an intelligence apparatus. They lie. It's what they do. Ask, we lie, we cheat, we steal Pompeo. Look, they're dressed like women and medics. And then beat up doctors and nurses in the process of assassinating people. Now, here's one of these guys, Adam, right next to, to Elon Levy and and... Ken Mazig and Eli David, David Collier, says the fake news you'll be seeing spread around. Oh, why? Because you know? Were you there? Right? He's an award-winning investigative journalist, but that doesn't mean he understands this more than being his sources say or listens what Israel reports. My my point is he doesn't know any more than any of the rest of us. All we know are the, the, the general understandings of what's going on, the statements from people on the ground. He chooses to blindly take what Israel says at face value. I choose to listen to both sides and use the facts to discern the reality. He says Israel executed three hospital patients in Janine. But see, my point is, even that statement, whether you think they're Hamas or not, proves that they committed a crime. Oh, and he says, and what really happened? Israel took out three verified Hamas Islamic Jihad terrorists. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought we were only in a war with Hamas. But I guess it doesn't matter, right? Mission creepers, broadening. It'll just be Palestinians because all of them are bad guys. I mean, it's already what they're saying. Who were actively planning more attacks. I, and I said, please provide the verification. I'll wait. And you can look at these the uh, the people that respond. It's the typical trolls that I have on mute that I don't even look at. Still waiting. Because he didn't respond with anything that means anything. Or he didn't respond at all, in fact. My point is that you can easily show, despite articles that state we have evidence, which is what these morons responded with, there is nothing. It is Israel says, just like Ukraine says. It's the same game. 
and he knows and he's willing to shout you down for that because you know they were planning. Why? Because they said so. It's certainly possible. But guess what? Planning an attack would be legally protected under international law. But you guys don't care about the law, do you? Now, in that attack, should they kill civilians or do anything else that goes outside? Well, that would be a crime. But simply saying planning an attack as an occupied entity means you don't care about the law since that would be legally protected as an armed rebellion or resistance under the Fourth Geneva Convention. But I'm sure David knows that, but just doesn't care. Here's Elon Levy. Israel eliminated three terrorists trying to hide in a hospital. Oh, the first of all, let's read this guy's point. Economics professor Yanis Varoufakis says, want to talk about terrorism? Fine. Here is the latest example incident. Israeli undercover soldiers agents entered Janine Hospital this morning and shot dead three injured Palestinians in their hospital beds while being treated. Rule of law, Western style. Here's how he responds to this. And this is, <laughs> I mean... You think they would find a better response by now? He goes, I bet when this man's ancestors accused the Jews of the original medieval blood libels, they also felt similarly smug and morally superior, but at least their excuse was that they were illiterate. Breaking it down, you hate Jews and you're a racist. Yeah, same old thing. That's all you got, bud, because you're ridiculous. Think about that. You come out and say you murder people in their hospital beds. Now you could say, well, they were Hamas, but... His response is, you're a racist, your ancestors were racist, and, th and this now, claiming that they did what they did is apparently equivalent to blood libel. It just means that anything that's uncomfortable for you is, you're racist, you hate Jews, and, and you're, you're anti-Semite. That's it. That is literally all they have. The absolute state of Israeli Hasbara, this person posts. Hananya uh, Naftali says a war crime is to hide in a hospital among civilians. This is the guy you killed wasn't hiding. He was in a coma. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just painful the way that they're pretending this is something it's not. Now, out of the gate, as I understand it, they were trying to deny it early on, which they've done with every other thing. Like, in fact, remember this guy came out and admitted they bombed the Ali hospital and then was like, or, or, it's like, whoops, wait a minute, and Shane deleted it and posted something else. So, ah, Hamas was in there. Oops, too early for that narrative. These people are constantly getting caught lying. So the point here is Freddie Pontone points out that the Israel genocide forces denied the troops entered Khan Yunus Amla Hospital. However, this is early, report on the ground in Gaza tells a complete story, different story. So here's what the people were reporting on the ground, which, you know, shows you, I mean, take, take it for what you will. I, I think this is what happened. Zoom joins us now live from Rafa. And uh, what more can you tell us about reports that Israeli soldiers have stormed the Al Amal Hospital in Khan Yunus? Yes, Kerry, the Israeli soldiers have been surrounding Al Amal Hospital for more than a couple of days as they are trying to uh, operate inside this area against Palestinian fighters. And they have previously had called the majority of residents to flee from Khan Yunus, heading safety, uh, to seek safety in Rafah. But uh, the Al Amal Hospital is one of the last two remaining hospitals that are still operating in Khan Yunus, alongside with An Nasser Hospital, which had been also uh, under wide military attack. But today there is a very new dramatic change had been taking place, is the storming of the hospital, similarly to what had been 
been uh, uh, happened and experienced before to the majority of hospitals in the north and in Gaza City. And today, the Israeli military tanks had stormed the uh, vicinity and the yard of the hospital, destroying the gates and the front walls of the uh, medical complex as the Israeli soldiers, as they get inside the hospital, has been throwing completely uh, smoky grenades alongside also with sitting fire for the majority of makeshift tents that have been set inside the hospital for the evacuees alongside with terrifying medical workers who had been working tirelessly since the beginning of this round of fighting to be providing medical treatment for hundreds of Palestinian patients who are still inside uh, the uh, medical complex still now. And this is completely a new dramatic step that is uh, a, a continuation of the Israeli military violations that had been committed against the medical sector in Gaza. And they have been also informing uh, patients and medical teams to evacuate from uh, the hospital that is one of the main central hospitals that operating under the supervision of the Palestinian Red Crescent Society. But till now, there is no any confirmation regarding if any Palestinian Palestinian patients or medical workers being arrested or at least killed uh, during the Israeli storming of the medical uh, uh, facility. Now, as I understand it, they later, later, to a degree, admitted there's something that went down but tried to deny this to begin with. Now, think about this compared to the other story, right? So this is the Al-Amal Hospital, and he mentions multiple locations we've already discussed and seen. I mean, how many? Uh, the Al-Shifa, Ali, I mean, they've targeted what, 20-plus hospitals and destroyed most of them. So my point is, why would we believe that this one was about some specific targeted Hamas attack, even though they were in hospital beds, while they're literally denying and, and raiding and destroying multiple hospitals? They are destroying all infrastructure and are act- actively going after literally everybody they can. I mean, it's just plain. Now, it's obvious that this is not specifically about some targeted intelligence-based act. This is terrorism. I mean, it's blatant as far as I can tell. Now, here is the terrorist supporters who are brazenly happy to stand there and pretend like, well, we just don't know forever. We'll ju- we'll, we just don't know for sure. Here's evidence. Well, w- there may be something we don't see, right? But Israel says, and well, we have that's absolute because Israel says these people are ridiculous. This is what he has to say about what just happened. And I mean, it's getting increasingly hard to watch these as, as uh, Matt Lee and the rest of them are just like almost incredulous. Like how in the world are you actually make? And even Matt Miller, the state department representative seems like he's reading directly from the paper more than I'm used to seeing him. Like, I think they're on massive damage control at this point. They know we see right through them. They know it. Okay. And then my second thing, which is a uh, related, but not, not on uh, which has to do with this operation that the Israelis, uh, uh, Launched in in Janine the hospital mm-hmm. today. Um, what 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 do you have any comment on that? Is this is this something that you think is a is problematic, or is it something that you look at with uh, envy, like this is some kind of great mission impossible mission that we wish that we could also do? So I'd say that we strongly urge caution whenever operations have the potential to impact civilians and civilian installations. That of course includes hospitals. Uh, We do recognize the very real security challenges Israel faces uh, and its legitimate right to defend its people and its territory from terrorism. Israel, of course, 
has the right to carry out operations to bring terrorists to justice, but those operations need to be conducted in full compliance with international humanitarian law. Well, those operations include going into hospitals and murdering people in their in, in their beds, regardless of whether they're so you know they, they, they are suspected or so even known terrorists. So Is that okay with you guys? So there was a lot in the premise of that question. Obviously they we did did do know that they went into Well, you we, don't think well, that no, they we, went we, in and uh, killed we, complete people who were completely innocent. So right? let me say that if this, you did think that then you would be condemning it, uh, right? We certainly would. But- That's important. And this is, he yeah, I love the way they maneuver around their sidestepping. It's very smart. Cuz what you basically just forced him to admit is that you don't think they're innocent. Right. Because he doesn't want to really get into it. So what he's saying is, you know, if you did think that, well, you'd condemn it. Well, we would. So uh, but, but they wouldn't, by the way. <laughs> that's obvious because that's just what he thinks he has to say. So what it ultimately means is they're already believing what Israel said without any due diligence whatsoever. Just think about how hypocritical that is to him constantly acting like we have to investigate the smallest detail 45 years long before we can actually make a statement. But if Russia blinks, oh, terrorist war crime, you know, it's, it's just on the surface and everyone's becoming very aware of that. Thank God. I would say that Israel has said that these were Hamas operatives. That's it. Oh, so they said. Well, good. I'm glad you blindly trust that. Uh, they have said that one of them was carrying a gun at the time of the operation. Everybody else is otherwise. Literally everybody. The doctors, the nurses, everybody involved. They were. There was no engagement. And in that, at that point, there was also no weapon. They came in armed and killed people in their beds. That's what happened. According to all the people that were there. Of course, you can always pretend they're all Hamas, which is the easy thing that happens online. So I'm not able to speak to the facts of the operation. You'd have to, to, to pass some kind of legal judgment, know all of the facts of the operation. But as a general matter, they do have the right to carry out operations to bring terrorists to justice, but they need to be. All right. So in that premise right there, you're stating that you're OK with this that happened because logically they're going after terrorists. But you so and how do you know that? Why are you willing to just deny the, the problem, problematic part of this because you don't have enough evidence, but you're willing to engage with the thing you think is OK because. You don't have enough evidence, right? It's the same on both sides, but the obvious difference is that Israel says one. And so you take that one at face value, or at the very least, ride with that while acting like you need more, as opposed to just questioning all of it because you don't have any information other than statements made by people involved. These people are, I mean, I think he must think about this stuff. Conducted including in the hospital. So we want them to conduct operations to bring terrorists to justice, but they need to be conducted including in the hospital so we want them to conduct their operations in compliance with their national humanitarian law we would generally say that we don't want them to carry out operations in hospitals but (laughs) under international humanitarian law hospitals do lose some of their protections if they are being used to uh for the planning of terrorist operations for the execution of terror if you can prove that they have not proved that they keep pretending like they do and they keep getting caught lying the actual hospital building does, but I mean, going in disguised as, you know, women and, and doctors so, and beating up doctors and nurses. So right there, that violates exactly what we're talking about, in addition to murdering people in their beds and, and whatever is is something different. And then going in and, and picking out people in particular rooms and particular beds and killing them seems to be something different. Yeah. So, again, uh, not able to offer an assessment without knowing all these facts i said so think about that so what do you mean you don't know all the facts didn't you just tell us that israel told you so they just so apparently what he's admitting to is israel said we were going after bad guys and we're not going to give you anything else 
And that's enough for him to go probably what they said, but admitting secondarily that you don't have the very clear facts that we, the rest of us seem to have in front of us. Why didn't Israel inform you of how it went down? It's just, it's, it's inherently obvious this is dishonest, which I don't even need, I think I need to point out anymore. Well, the f- facts that have been presented by Israel are that one of them was carrying a gun and that they were planning to carry out or to launch <laughs> terrorist operations. From their beds. So you would have to look at all of those facts to make a specific assessment about this operation. But in general, we do want to see hospitals protected. It is important that... So why wouldn't he make an assessment right there? Didn't you just say we need those facts to make an assessment? Well, you just stated them as fact. Or at least Israel said. Are you now saying that you have to make sure that they're not lying about that? Like, it doesn't matter how you spin this. He is wrapping him up. He's mental gymnastics, tying himself into knots and making himself look like a fool to cover for Israel's genocide. ...this operation... But in general, we do want to see hospitals protected. It is important that no civilians were harmed in this operation. Uh, but see, and as right, I said, right we there, to, we do that right there, the statement implies that they're terrorists because no civilians were hurt. So you're taking what they claimed at face value before you have any facts. That's he just that he just shot himself in the foot right there. No civilians were harmed in this operation. And they, by the way, that's a lie, too, because they beat up doctors and nurses. Uh, but and as I said, we want we do. Well, like how, 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 how do you know? How do you know that uh, there have been no reports of civilians who have been harmed in this operation? See, that's it. Talk I mean, man, my God, it's just staggering to me. Now, let's let, let, you know, let's put that. Let's just pretend Israel went after Hamas. OK, here's multiple examples that are pretty undeniable. And it's just, I mean, these are just plucking out individuals from mass genocide, 30,000 plus people, 20,000. I mean, the what is it still about 80% women and children, 117 kids a day, but you know, but it's all Hamas though. Keep telling yourself that deep fake dissident points out 17 year old American high school student from New Orleans topic. Uh, I don't want to try to mispronounce his last name was shot in the head by an off duty police officer in the occupied West bank. His parents said he was there to be with relatives and to improve his Arabic before returning to U.S. for college. Guys, this is an American, which shouldn't make it any more important. He's a human being who was murdered because he was there. He's a U.S. Um, he's an American college student from New Orleans who has family in the West Bank. I mean, this could be Robert Inlikesh. You see my point? They go there and they're killed. And now... By default, you're a Hamas member because you're, we, it's, it's Obama's concept. If you're present where we're bombing, therefore you're a militant. That's how this works. Think about how unnerving that is. And there's videos where they're protesting. We're rightly so. Here's his mother crying over him. Or family member, I would argue. No, I guess it is the mother. So the point is that he's living in the United States. But either way, where's the, where's the justification? Where's the insight? Where's Matt Miller breaking down the facts? Does it matter? It was in the West Bank for crying out loud. Or about this one. Here's two children. Injured children who are area in Yunis. I guess there's they're Hamas in training, apparently, right? How about these ones? This is terrifyingly sad. Palestinian, and this is the chairman of the Euromed Human Rights Monitor, carrying the bodies of his two dead children, saying to President Biden and Blinken, what did Ayman and Hind do to deserve death? God. 
gosh darn it, this is the kind of stuff that haunts me. Here is an Israeli soldier explaining, using Bible verses, why even when the enemy lays down weapons he and runs away, you still have to kill him. An act that is considered contemptible and a war crime in most societies of the world. Now you can just see basically saying, or rather, I guess not Bible, but the uh, yeah, Torah verses. Lays down weapons, runs away. Jacob, our father, blesses. Basically says, your hand is in the back of your enemies. When is Judah, basically cut to the chase. When your enemy runs away, hits him to the end. The story once and for all, Goliath, King David, you know, the bottom line is you kill them. And this is made plainly clear by multiple people making the same statement, rabbis speaking up and saying that it's just to end the life of the, you know, whatever. It's very clear. Here's an interesting point, and this again comes from the, the chairman of the Euromed Monitor. The Israeli army posted a doctored video alleging the elimination of combatants, and you have seen this before. I'll tell you where. But their own footage shows the individuals were unarmed, raising their hands up, and kneeling down to surrender before these soldiers, before they later moved them, placed guns in front of them, and pretended they were executed because they were Hamas. Just like we're talking about today. You can see their own video, I'll play it for you now, that shows they were kneeling, right? The point is, you know who these guys are? Do you remember? They're the same ones that turned out they that ultimately shot the three hostages that were Israelis. Somebody else went back, I think it was Max or somebody else, and was like, here's the earlier video where they were also shooting unarmed people. It shows you that these people are clearly not acting randomly. They shot anybody, including their own people, two of which was right away while they were holding an SOS sign say, and speaking in Hebrew, saying, don't shoot us, we're hostages. One of them was able to run away, hid, and they were coaxing him back out. He's speaking in Hebrew. I'm a hostage. Don't shoot me. And they come on, come back out. He comes back out. Two of them. These two shoot him. It's all on the record. Oops, we said it was a mistake and a procedural accident. Sure, sure. Well, let's watch the video that shows these two executing these three innocent people and then framing them. And this is how their propaganda works. Kneeling down, hands in the air. Look at that. Shooting them both. Back of the head. My God. Or all three of them, really. I mean, really, how much evidence does the world need to see? It's just um, overwhelming. It just shows you how broken all this is. You know, it seems like we all see it. All the average people of the world are clearly see this the problem is that the supposed leaders of the rules-based international order are the problem they very clearly are i mean even if you want to pretend or think that the whoever they're going against is even worse so they have to be you know it's sort of like the left-right paradigm election conversation where they're like both going we have to cheat first because they're going to cheat it's like well then you're both ridiculous you're both part of the problem obviously so in this case it's these so-called leaders who are acting like this is acceptable because, well, we're fighting the other bad guy, whatever it is. But I don't even think that's really what's going on. This is just, these are despicable, inhuman people. And here, 
again, was the chairman of the Euromed Monitor, simply saying the obvious, right, which I agree with. Israel targets any place that has returned to providing services to civilians in the northern Gaza Strip. So the place where they started, right, they're not, they continue to destroy anything. UN locations, hospitals, anything that actually helps civilians under the guise of fighting Hamas. Water stations, hospitals, medical centers, municipal services, food centers, vending carts for passing by people. Think about that. The occupation does not want life for Gazans or, and the Arab and Western world is watching. There is no moment in history more decadent than these days. It's unbelievable to me that this is continuing. And you, it's just proven by the fact that they're now praising and dancing and singing and having conventions about how they're going to occupy this territory, which is why they're flattening it all. And But then when, when asked, and Biden speaks about, well, they're pinpoint targeting Hamas bad guys, right? Well, let's talk about another lie that we've continued to see. Then, then again, the exactly like he's saying, going after one of the last saving grace aspects to Palestinians who are starving. Right now, just so you understand it, there are children starving to death every day we're talking starving to death just like what's happening in yemen by the way and to some degree still is that's in addition to the ones they're killing the ones they're bombing the ones that they are hurting with you know creating disease the ones that they're i mean in every possible way dying of thirst that's just you know that's if they avoid their targeted assassinations here's the spokesman for october 7th forever unra is a hamas front this is where it's gotten to we already showed you this literally covering up for Hamas, is what he's saying. Now, we showed you this already, and this is easily provable. This is written in the Times of Israel. The fact that this that's where this shows this article comes from, and I showed it to you yesterday, that they're telling you on the record that what they got this from were interrogations, which involved torture per the United Nations, per pretty much everybody, including Israeli media, including Haaretz, including I-24 News. These are just the uh, pictures of it, but we've gone over these. I went over them explicitly in the last show. Israeli police use dubious ways of getting confessions, right? Tortured into confession. Palestinians re recount hellish interrogations. Israeli interrogations could lead to false confessions, says Israeli court. The Shin Bet breaks you. You'd be insane not to give a false confession. Israeli court says Shin Bet pressured a man to give false testimony. There you go. I'll just grab it anyway so you guys can see it. Israeli court blast Shin Bet interrogation tactics led to false confessions all the time. Like they get, they've been getting called. This is the point about why this did not start on October 7th. There's so much evidence around what's actually going on. Here's the I-24 one we saw. This is a different one. Israeli court says they pressured him to give false testimony. I mean, it's all over the place. It's crazy. The point is, all of this evidence, all of it, as even they stated in their articles, comes from their interrogations. By the way, which we've already shown you, two of the people stated things that we now can prove are false. That the Mossad put out and said, we got it. They claim they did this. They claim they did that. It's been proven to be false. And remember, this is what they, they basically the same point. Cuz Network framed this the right, saying Axios reported that a senior Israeli official said that it all came from their interrogations. Israeli media has previously said that most of those kidnapped by these uh, occupation forces are civilians. While several organizations documented the rest of journalists, doctors, civilians, after accusing them of affiliation with the resistance, like we keep seeing, and I just showed you. Very clear, like this one right here. They released almost all of these people, and this was the group that Mossad was saying, they're all terrorists, came out of holes, remember? Some, uh, Solomon Ahmed points out, 
the the hit piece that came up after this case. I haven't got a chance to talk about this. So this story rolled around. There was basically nothing but their own statements. So what they do? They took an IDF member and had him write an article in the Wall Street Journal. Yeah, that's how that works. Written by an ex-Israeli soldier, Kerry Keller Lynn. Lynn served as an Israeli army and maintained close ties with former Israeli spokesperson Eliza Landis. Zionists control the media, he says. Of course, they want to make that about some kind of Jew reference. It's not. It's about Zionists very clearly influencing, as we can prove, the outcome of these kind of topics. The point, intelligence reveals details of UN agency staff links to October 7th. Guess what? Now it became 10% of the aid agency. 12,000 people have links. Oh, links, huh? Is that Did AI tell you that? The bottom line is, to them, and as I've already proven you this, links mean you pass them on the street at the right time of day. Like, it's so flimsy what they argue and that's why they scoop up all these people claim they're all Hamas then most of them aren't Hamas if any of them are but here's what Samer Badawi from 972 Magazine points out a few years ago he says I interviewed the then director of UNRWA the representative office in DC Elizabeth Campbell I asked her about the Trump administration's cuts remember he did that too remember pro-Zionist to the agency, UNRWA. And she made two points that I think are worth recalling in the context of the current cuts of, of today. One, and let's not forget, I'll show you right after this, their clear stated agenda before this started to go after and remove this group. He says, one, by hobbling UNRWA and effectively shifting responsibility for Palestine refugees to the United Nations, uh, what is it again? The um, I just want to get it exact. Oh, yeah, the United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees, the UNHCR, by by effectively shifting the responsibility to them, which again, right now is one of the things they're talking about, Israel hopes to fast-track resettlement. It's all very clear. Something that the United Nations has a reputation for proactively facilitating. And realize this is illegal. Not only just in Gaza, but any of these locations. All of the continued... Uh, land acquisition by Israel are all illegal because all the areas they're doing that in are places that were supposed to be back to the 1967 discussion of the two-state solution. It's the, even the UN and even the United States continues to say those are illegal. They don't care. Nobody does anything about it. It says, number two, Israel and its U.S. backers believe, mistakenly, according to Campbell, that shifting responsibility to the UNHCR would also make extinct the, rep- the restitution claims of refugee descendants. Now, Robert just discussed this in a great article saying the West funding of UNRWA has nothing to do with October 7th. The main point that I think is important in this is that it says, as per UN Resolution 194, the Palestinian refugees have a right under international law to return to their homes. So again, the actual places that would be inside of Israel proper, that they were displaced from. And that's the, one of the, that's the right of return concept. That's what makes this an illegal occupation, is that they never let these people go back to where they were. So this is an ongoing illegal occupation. He says, as per that resolution, they're supposed to be. because And the, and the organization that's responsible for keeping track of those refugees and where they're supposed to go back to? The United Nations Refugee Palestinian. That's what it is. UNRWA is an inconvenient aspect because it is keeping track of their illegal occupation or rather where they're supposed to go back to. So the it's it's a publicly stated concept at this point where they're saying, where were we? Sorry, I got lost. That if we get rid of them and shift it to a group that's more amenable to what we want, that'll make extinct the entire claim that they have the right to go back. They won't. <laughs> Here's the interview you can look back to. And the transcript you can read. The point is that this has always been the back in Trump's administration. They were trying to remove this group. 
Zachary Foster, PhD in the history of Palestine, makes sure you understand that in 2021, Israel falsely labeled six different Palestinian NGO groups that were dedicated to human rights as terrorist organizations. But after failing to provide any evidence like today to back up the claim, nine EU states rejected the argument, which probably won't happen now. Hopefully it will. The point is that they do this all the time. They lie about this because it achieves an agenda for them. Mohammed Shahida points out the obvious. Their article published on December 29th, Israel's government has been literally revealing their three-stage plan to destroy UNRWA for weeks. One, smear UNRWA. And this is right in their own documentation. Reduce its operations in Gaza, replace it completely, destroy Palestinians' right of return. It's what this is about. Now, Abby Martin points out the video we showed you yesterday or the day before. How can anyone believe Israel's claims about UNRWA when officials stated their intent to destroy it to expedite genocide weeks ago? This is Noga Arbel, former Israeli official, speaking on January 4th. It will be impossible to win the war if we do not destroy UNRWA, and this destruction must begin immediately. It's very clear how this is working. And again, Khaleesi shares this, and you can watch the clip yourself. This is Katie Helper with uh, Craig uh, Mokieber, and he's just describing the history, saying you know, the United Na- he's an ex-United Nations human rights official, and he's simply saying they've always hated UNRWA, and they've always wanted to remove this. It has nothing to do with Hamas. Now, we just talked about this in the art. This is the article I covered it in, or the show. UNRWA is Hamas exposed to Israeli operation. The other discussion point was the fact that this guy, they're all pretending this guy is not the guy on the right. This is the guy they saw, they, they found the Texas border. The guy works for Mossad. He's a Jordanian that was arrested in Egypt for recruiting for Mossad. I think it's very clear. Interesting that all the right-wing media claims he's from Arjabajan. He's a Muslim community member. And, you know, it's, it's just, and it all becomes this narrative that it's exactly what they're all warning about, right? Really, to me, it seems orchestrated very clearly. But read Robert's article. Very important. It breaks down a lot. You know, I'm going to have him back on the show again. I'm going to try to make it regular about, especially with what's going on, because there's nobody better to live. He knows what he's talking about here. And this doesn't have to do with October 7th. Now, let's get into the propaganda around this. This is crazy right here. It's not, this is just one point. But understand this is, I mean, I've tried to find ways to make this more clear. I've shown you in the past where they kind of like repost the same thing over and over. I've even caught them deleting them because, because I, I called them out for it. And I think they've later started to delete the older ones. But the point is they share the same thing repetitively because that's what propaganda is. You say that you lie and lie and lie enough. It becomes the truth in people's minds. But this is funny because on the, and I'm going to go backward in time. So this is today. Multiple people have been tagging him, including myself going, dude, it's a police officer. You can see it right on his tag. Which, by the way, there I, I, I'm not even, maybe, it, it, tell me if I'm wrong. I don't think there was Hamas police members. I think there's Hamas and there's police. You could argue there's an overlap, but to just call it Hamas police is ridiculous. But he goes, oh, it's a policeman. Sorry, I didn't realize it was a Hamas policeman. So my point is everything, I think I said it down here, everything, yeah, you're such a joke. Your entire narrative is assumptive. You don't, you, oh, oh, it's a policeman? Oh, so then it's a Hamas policeman. Okay, where's the evidence where you show it's Hamas in the first place? Just your stated narrative. The point is everyone's been tagging him with this. So let's go back. Or rather, the same day, the 30th. Here he is posting the same thing with the same image, mind you. UNRWA is a front for Hamas. I mean, what a dumb thing to say based on the allegation that some of them are overlapped. You see my point? Like, you, this is clear that they're desperate to push this as far as they can. And realize, well, I'll wait till we get back to the day when I think this started. Okay, this is the 30th. Here is the 29th. Hey, is this photo, is this the photo I'm talking about? You're just, just re- relentless. The same photo over and over. Here he is on the 29th. 
Wait, did I mix that up? Okay, no. 29th, later in the day. If I were a UK taxpayer, I'd have some questions about what Hamas is doing with my money. Over and over and over. Here it is on the 28th. Notice the end, the Hamas terrorist, the, Trump, just the same thing. Just not a new point, just in another way, framing the same thing. 27th, only stock photo for any story about UNRWA now. Just relentless. No one expects UNRWA to police anything. This is on the 27th. This one's on the 27th later in the day. Will UNRWA investigate this too? Same picture. This one is on the 26th, 9 a.m. in the morning. U.S. halts UNRWA funding. This one's on the 27th. This is Eli David. Same thing. And you can do the same thing on his posts. Calling it Hamas. It's not. Not even trying to hide it anymore. Right? Just on and on and on. Guys, you could do that with basically everything they do. Look with Hen Mazig and all the rest of them. They just like regurgitate the same things. And let's not forget, we just talked about this app that apparently they're all using that just types in for them. And it, Twitter seems to be okay with that. Spread it. And this is what Unra said uh, on the December 1st, this is why this is earlier, this spreading unsubstantiated claims about UNRWA must stop immediately, making serious allegations in the public domain, unsupported by any evidence or verifiable facts in support of thereof may amount to misinformation. Yeah, you think? But of course, the Zionist influence over community notes comes in and goes, the claim has been documented forever. You go through and look at those clips and you'll laugh. The, the links are the same stuff. 99% is Israel says. So here is the important part of this. Thank you to Ali Lakrakabi because I actually used this to find the point he's making, even though it was difficult to find in general. And again, by the way, I go through this extensively on this show. If you want to get more of my points on, on really why, you know, the point being, even if these were Hamas members, which they have not proven, that does not even remotely begin to prove that the 30,000 plus strong agency, I think that was the amount they had, is, is it, all of them are suspect. And remember, they fired, as Robert points out, nine out of the 10 that were still alive because one of them was apparently dead now. And that that he stated that was, and they are going to investigate. So he was willing to fire these people before he's even investigated simply because he tried to make a point. And yet they still immediately, because they, they just jump the gun and they make, oh, you're all Hamas, you're all Hamas. Because it's the only thing they can do to try to destabilize the last surviving, it's the saving grace for Palestinians right now. They know that. And then, of course, nine countries pull funding over allegations. And even their White House press release said that over allegations. And we have so much provable evidence of war crimes in Israel or in Gaza. The world court says it has merit and what they did. I mean, it's crazy and not a single thing in that direction. But a floated allegation, nine countries pull millions in funding. These people are dying in of starvation today. And it's only going to get worse when this runs out. But here, this person says, I saw this picture below. Here's the picture with another angle. Posted everywhere today in Israel. I don't see the date on here. Uh, that The 10th is this post, but I forget what date he posted. This doesn't say. Actually, I should have done that. I should have found his post, but I found the one that he's re re uh, referencing. He says, it looks very odd. I did a Google reverse image search until I found the original post from the Rafa police. Ah, okay. So it's, it's Rafa police. It's not Hamas where they are talking about securing the aid received before its distribution. Please share. They're using this lie as proof to defend, to defund UNRWA. So this guy posts this, right? Of course, he doesn't put the actual link because then you could look into it further. But he goes, oh, Hamas police says it's securing the aid. Let's take Hamas's word. Like, that's pretty desperate. So you literally give evidence to suggest this is not even the location you say that it's in, and ultimately that it's a police member that you can prove, and it's from a time before you said it happened, 
and you just go, oh yeah, take Hamas's word. Like, I'm actually surprised they even respond to that because pointing it out seems pretty stupid for Elon Levy because I'll show you why. Here is the post from January 29th. And it shows you, the, the, and this is not the original post he's talking about. It's a post that's showing you this information. And it goes to this post that he is referencing from January 8th, which it shows you the people we're talking about. This is the guy we're discussing, right? And we'll actually, I'll go through this. I'll go through this afterwards. So here's the original post. Intervention and maintenance of the system accompany the technical teams to set up stolen power lines inside the IDP shelter. The intervention and order forces accompanied by technical teams, the warehouses of the relief agency and refugee operation in Rafa government. In the task of controlling the removing unlawful intrusions, blah, 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 that's really the main point. The Refugee Relief and Operation Agency commended the efforts made by elements of the intervention forces and follow-up and uncovering all the fake lines and on and on and on. The, infer- the, infer- the you know, bottom line, the obvious that this is a policeman from Rafa in January 8th. All right, so they're talking about this almost 30 days later. Right, because they grabbed an image they thought would manipulate people and pushed it forward. So here's what this this account is saying, translating this. It's saying, that is not Hamas. According to Rafa police, the blue urban camouflage uniforms are from UNRWA warehouse security force. So literally, the uniform of a policeman in the Rafa area from UNRWA, what he holds in his hand is not a firearm, but a, to- a tomfa-shaped baton, which is obvious. The intervention, oh, and then he just cites what it says for the, for the, for the actual post. So here's more going forward. Saying, according to Rafa police, the photo shows members wearing blue urban camouflage uniforms, and it's described as the UNRWA warehouse security unit. And this goes over the same things we were just showing you before in the other picture. And then it just goes further, saying this is a baton, because some people are saying otherwise. Yeah, same link. This bearded man often appears the Rafa police Facebook page. You could look, just reverse image of it all over the place. And the last one, the important one. Rafa Police Facebook page. There is a photo in the January 9th post. And, you, and again, you can we can go back here and scroll back, but I don't know how much how back how far. Let's see. Just want to grab one. Some of this I should have done before. I just was we had a oh come on. Now it's not gonna load for me. Of course. Gosh darn it. Well, it's there for you. Look through it. It's obvious. I mean, I think it's very clear. So this is the person, first of all, much clearer to see police. And it says there's a photo in the January 9th post where the unit badge can be identified. Police on the right chest, police on, in Arabic on the left chest. The round, large round patch on his left shoulder that you can see very clearly is police, uh, is, the, the, is the Rafa police. The emblem on that hat also says Rafa police. You can't, you can't call this bearded policeman Hamas. Now, you could try to argue that he also is Hamas, but you'd need evidence for that, not just that he's in fatigues. And yet this whole story has expanded. And they ju- and now the, the best they can do is go, oh, it's a Hamas security guard. Like, they're pathetic. And yet Biden and the leaders of the free world will just goose step along with this. It's crazy to me. And he knows this. Again, the starting post, people have called him out for it, and they just don't care. They try to continue to propagandize. Now here, this guy is a Israeli tour guide. Surprise, surprise, he's stepping into this. Here's something you don't see every day, basically showing you the same images. And again, showing you the Hamas leadership 
who, by the way, is in Qatar, who is rich because Israel's funded them and are clearly keeping them safe as their protected entities in Qatar while Qatar works to mediate, which they continue to ignore. But another angle, you know, just showing you the same stuff, which, by the way, gives you more than enough evidence to prove that it wasn't Hamas, but they don't care because it's about towing a line. Now, here's the best part to show you just other related concepts. So as they lied about this, if they're using artificial facial, artificial intelligence, facial recognition to just tell you people are Hamas and getting caught lying about who they're rounding up and how they're rounding them up. Here's a couple examples. This one relates to both discussions. This one, first of all, is the same thing you've been seeing. So they're desperate to drum up some kind of evidence, right? Because they don't have any. And this is the same thing you got with Shifa and everything else. Guess what? Breaking story. The truth of Hamas embedded in UNRWA has been in plain sight, they tell you. On January 7th, apparently they didn't want to tell you after until about 25 days, released this footage on an IDF raid on a house in uh, Darja Tufa, where they found, guess what, a suicide vest. Even though I've talked about what that really comes from, Hamas military kit and Kalashnikov rifles. And guess what? An unremembership card. Of course. And guess what? They, they showed you in real time? No. They give you this weird where they... They've learned their lesson about accidentally filming things that later blow up in their face. So they fuzz out everything, but what the one, it's just so pathetic. And guess what? They've aligned it for you right there on the ground. How perfect. Here's a vest. Here's a gun. Here's a badge. Doesn't it prove everything? Aren't you convinced? Now, to be clear, of course, this could be the case. But they've been caught, even by the BBC, arranging these things, altering it from person to person, and acting like it's exactly, and then cutting the video See what I mean? It's all blurred out. Why is that? Why would you blur that out? Just, just in case? In case something later reveals that you were lying, probably? Like, or whatever it was right there seems to be something they don't want you to see. It's blurred. I don't know why. Hamas jacket. Sure. Vests and knee pads and military gear. I mean, this is the best they can do certainly could be but since they've lied about 99 percent of what they've done i don't believe it and here's another example just to show you how cartoonish this has gotten this is of all people cnn and do not i was laughing about this this morning on a wake up i made i was explicitly making the point that in no way and I, mean, I said this exactly in no way should we trust cnn or blindly take the reporting at face value because that would be dumb because they're a a, a, a dishonest manipulative, lying propaganda platform. Nonetheless, just like with any form of, of data or information flow, you should consider it. Consider what's being said, consider how they might be trying to lie to you, and consider whether the truth may just be advantageous for them, just like any other circumstance. In this point, I think this is what's happening. I think what we're looking at is the reality that these platforms have lost everything, just like Biden has, and are desperate to win back some support. And you know what? It'll work to some degree. Because they're they're pointing out something that is a lie, in my opinion. So I'm going to point to it. Not saying, good job, CNN. I think CNN's doing this for their own interests. But regardless, it is true. So the argument of the people that would say, because CNN, you should dismiss it, would ignore things that are real just because they're using CNN to put it out. Or that CNN does it in their interest. Consider that it's false. But consider, question everything means also consider everything. I just think it's hilarious. And I said pretty much just that. And in the chat, they were like, Ryan, just adore CNN. <laughs> it's like, God, people are so stupid. But here is CNN reporting that they're lying to them in real time about what they are seeing. It's just hilarious that they're getting caught in every single angle. We're asking the general if we can actually see 
the shaft to the tunnel, but the answer is no. So? There's all kinds of machinery, which I don't want you to, uh, just to take pictures. So first of all, he says, I don't want you to take pictures of this machinery. That's weird. What does that mean? Did they dig this out, probably? Did they make the hole and then show it to them? Who knows? But either way, first answer is, well, we don't want you to see all the machinery or take pictures. So he comes back with, well, we won't take pictures. The security might force it. What about if we don't film it? We just no, look with security, our eyes. And then you might fall in. The whole thing can collapse. You have to ah, so no, you can't even go over there without your camera because, you know, you could slip and you might get hurt. In a war zone. <laughs> Think about how stupid that is. So you have a journalist next to you or a CNN fake journalist who is in a war zone where at any moment there could be somebody curled or hurt and that's not the same difference? I mean, come on. Nobody buys that. You could slip. They, I mean, everybody knows what's happening here. The edge, the edge is not secured. It can collapse. There's machinery and so on. That's, it's not something I'm going to take a risk on. <laughs> Sorry. The Israeli military later provided this drone footage showing the tunnel shaft we entered and a, or a hole in the ground. Another one nearby. CNN geolocated the footage using this, this satellite image. This outline shows where the cemetery once stood. And these are the two tunnel entrances clearly outside the graveyard. Right. I mean, so it's simple as that to show you that they're lying about these holes they show you in the graveyard. The point is simple. I think this is about one destroying anything sacred to people that they hate, as well as creating the, you know, creating the, the setting up for the settlements that are going to be coming. But also, let's not forget, what are they doing with all the bodies they dig up? Right? Because some of these are bodies, they were fresh, a lot of them. There's been hundreds of thousands of bodies because of everything that's happening. And it's been proven that they continue to steal their organs. It's an open secret. Human rights, med, uh, human, uh, uh, human, geez, I don't know I'm blanking on that all the time. The, H, the HR Med Monitor, the one I was just referencing. Human Rights Med Monitor, I think. They've called it out repeatedly. After all Shifa, they stole all these bodies, they brought it back, and all sorts of doctors spoke up about this. All these bodies are missing organs. Nobody cares because it's conspiracy theory. It's obvious that it's more than this. I mean, it's, it's pretty gross what we're watching today. And allowing this stuff. So, we have multiple examples of just flimsy setups and lying about what they're doing. And we're supposed to believe that, the, what the, you know, that they're using stuff like this to justify being caught lying about what that's even showing you. Let's not forget, by the way, I'll include these. We talked about this in September. Revealed that Israel's the one that built a command center and the tunnel system under Al-Shifa. I mean, it's right in Wikipedia. And then right after we did the show, they, tr they deleted that and then put it back. <laughs> it's like, so it's very clear that they're listening to what's being discussed. The point is, I'm not saying necessarily Israel, but whoever was interested in covering that up. But it was a fact, and you can prove it. Even Bar uh, the ex-Prime Minister Barack, uh, who, uh, who said, I forget his first name. Anyway, he came out and said that they did, and that that was something Israel built. And the point that I made was they did that while it was an active hospital. So it's, it's that's your, very, your human shield example right there. They are the ones that built this. And on top of that, they then later get caught lying in what they show you, right? This is supposed to be the command center. They didn't find what they claimed was there. Now, lastly, the point about hostages. Like, I just really want the average person to understand how important this part is. Their whole claim rests around the idea that they're trying to get their people back. And that somehow bombing where they might be is the answer, even though it's very obvious that they've been killing their own people almost systematically. And it's been admitted to by everybody, tank drivers, helicopter drivers, security heads of Kibbutz Be'ere, people that were there, people that were taken and they brought back. I mean, it's everybody. It's crazy. Colonels have spoken up and said, yeah, it was mass Hannibal. 
And and since then, they've killed what? On the record, at least six of them, poison gas, direct shooting. And then I think Hamas claims that 60 of them have been killed because of their bombings since this started. So recently, there, there was a, another, this keeps happening here and there, but there was another full deal offered. Full exchange, all hostages for all hostages and a complete ceasefire. Now, the point is, that's not what Israel wants. They want this war to go forward, not for the hostages, but for their own plans. So if it was for the hostages and that was number one, they would agree to that. Because let's be real, there's no reason they couldn't wait two days and go back to bombing Hamas because a rocket flew. It happened, it happens all the time. So they do not want these people back. Why? Because most of them are completely enraged about what they're be dealing with. The families see it. People, the hostages that come back have admitted that they were being almost killed, and some of them were killed by IDF bombings, and that we know, again, they were shooting them point blank in some cases. So Israel's far-right minister, Ben Gavir, who's, this, I mean, it's just a it's Jewish power party. Now, actually, I could have swore that was part of the religious Zionism, but in any case, Jewish power. Didn't we laugh about that? I mean, the idea that that somehow is not offensive, but others are like, it's just so clearly the exact, it's, it's just hypocritical. And the point is, as always, this is about Zionism setting this up to make the Jewish entities in this situation be the ones that you attack instead of Zionism. When these are just entities that are being manipulated into thinking that Zionism is somehow the, it's the state for the Jews alone. You know, Zionist entities are what are making Jewish lives more at risk. It's very obvious. And plenty of old organizations, Torah, Judaism, and the rest will tell you Zionism is not Judaism. It is a hijacking of the religion and claiming, and really, as Avi Shalom will tell you, very respected British Israeli historian, it wasn't until the territorial dimensions of Israel and the Zionist state that this entire thing started. Now, what he says is he threatens to bring down the government if a deal, we call it a reckless deal, but any deal is his point, is reached because he says it in the article. Any deal is reckless. Any deal with Hamas is reckless. So he's threatening to bring down the whole of government if he doesn't get what he wants. Another another extreme version of that is the Samson option. Just to show you that this is how these people think. The Samson option is a real concept where should they lose control of literally everything, well, they'll nuke everything. Because we're, if we're going to lose, the war, everyone's going to lose. That's a real thing. Whether they're going to do it or not, you can decide. But just this is a smaller version of the same thing. Think about anybody threatening that. This is like, it's my ball, I'm going home. This is childish, and it is aggressive. You'll bring down everything if we don't get... That's it. So the point is, they do not want a deal for the hostages at all. Ben Gavir threatens to dismantle Israeli government over any reckless Hamas deal. It says, Ben Gavir and his finance minister... Bezalel Smotrich, who, again, the decisive plan from 2017, which is just an adaptation to what we're dealing with today, which is about displacing, pushing into the Sinai, it's the same concept. They oppose any ceasefire deal with Hamas, any. This is why Israelis are livid, because they're clearly denying time and again what would bring their families home. It says the White House said Monday that negotiators seeking, are seeking to broker a deal for the release of additional hostages held by Hamas and have developed a framework that could lead to an eventual deal. According to an Israeli newspaper, Haaretz, the proposal includes the release of 35 Israeli hostages in return for a six-week ceasefire in Gaza and the release of thousands of Palestinian detainees. Okay, so the point is, first of all, that even that I don't feel like they truly want to happen. But this is a temporary concept, right? And 35 
Why would it not? I mean, I just don't. The point is clearly that this is a meek step by step process. And what do they do? They round up all the people they let back out. Every one of them. They've already done this. They've rounded up more than they let go the first time they had this pause. It's provable. So it's a meaningless concept. And Hamas is very aware of this. And that's what they keep saying. We don't want a temporary pause. We want an end to the ceasefire, humanitarian aid for the suffering, and an exchange of the hostages, which is what Israel pretends they're trying to do and keep getting shown to be false. The Israeli offensive has left 85% of Gaza's population internally displaced. 85% of 2.2 million people amid acute shortage of food, people starving in real time, the water, the medicine. Get this. While 60% of the infrastructure has been damaged or destroyed 60%. How do you rationalize that and claim that you're pinpoint targeting Hamas when 60% of the infrastructure has been destroyed? Well, don't forget one of the Israeli representatives just said that, well, every single home and every hospital and mosque has a tunnel. Well, there you go. Just blindly take their word for it and pretend that everything's got a tunnel. And even if it does, how do we know Israel didn't build them? On the top of the point is that none of this has been verified or proven. It has just floated narratives and human shields and Hamas everywhere while pretending you're not trying to kill everybody, but claiming everyone's targets. Here is the culmination. Israeli Prime Minister rules out Gaza withdrawal or release of thousands of militants, both key Hamas demands in ceasefire talks. So just casually rules out what would actually bring their families home. And I said, in other words, the Israeli government continues to not accept the offer to receive all of their hostages back, instead opts for war. It's really no other way to understand that. And here, again, was what Israel keeps saying. While you're at home with your loved ones, these Israeli women are being held hostage by Hamas, hidden in a cold, dark tunnel or room somewhere in Gaza. Right, but yet you're bombing all over the place. Despite that, doesn't that seem ridiculous? They could be your daughters, your sisters. Well, they're all IDF members, so that matters, seeing as how that makes them legal targets in what you've created. But the point is, they've offered to send them home numerous times. Right. So if you keep using their memory and their and their rather, well, again, I don't know whether these are some of the ones that have been killed, but if you're using their lives to create emotional manipulation, it needs to be known that you keep refusing to take them home. Doesn't that make you at least somewhat responsible? Yes. As well as the fact that you funded the group you're claiming is responsible, but you know, different topic. You keep refusing in lieu of continuing to bomb the very areas they're in. Now that's if you're not shooting them dead in the streets as they surrender or killing them with poison gas. You saw this one. Here's the other one. The the mother herself spoke up and says the report she saw says he was killed with poison. And they've even admitted that to a degree. Their own people. Now, here's what you're seeing. These are the, the families of the hostages. And they keep doing this. They're storming the Knesset and they are livid. And we're supposed to pretend that we're all fighting against, you know, that they're fighting for these people when their own families of the hostages don't believe that? And realize this is not some one-off or a couple of people. This is like a massive pushback. They want Netanyahu out of power. And it's pretty clear the majority of Israelis, they do, they want hot, even if they want to see Gaza destroyed, first and foremost, the vast majority want their families back or the families for people that are still there. It's very clear. 
and then go back to Mars. But the point is, they don't want that. I mean, and here's what Elon, Le- or Elon Levy has to say about this. It's, it's lies upon lies upon lies upon slight mistruths. <laughs> I mean, it's just, he's using all these atrocity propaganda claims. But what he keeps saying is that it's about the hostages. And here's the ridiculous thing he says. My challenge, he says, to pro-Palestinian protesters, take a selfie at the next por- protest, holding a sign saying, I condemn Hamas for raping Israeli women and girls. You know, the thing that has been shown to have no evidence behind it other than insinuation and provably false pictures and all sorts of other false stories they keep pushing on you. And they just keep going with it because they're desperate. They have nothing else to do. He says, and I will personally donate $10 or 10 pounds to UNRWA and publicly apologize for calling your apologist. So you're going to donate to Hamas if we say Hamas raped women. Does that make sense to anybody? It's not a joke. Like he's saying this publicly on this LBC. <laughs> it's just like, I don't think you've really thought most of this through. So that means you're willing to support Hamas if we say Hamas rape people. That shows you that you're buying people to support your narrative. It's pretty embarrassing. Here's what he says. There's a lot of lies in here. A Anyone... No, but that no, but that's the problem because anyone who is demanding a ceasefire that leaves our hostages in Gaza, you know, the ones they keep refusing to take back, right? And the ceasefire itself does not leave them in Gaza. The ceasefire they keep refusing is what would bring them home. Like you, you have to understand that, like inherent from the moment he opened his mouth, this guy is a blatant liar, and it's provable. But yet they just stand up on mass media and say the lie. It's crazy to me. We just showed you the discussion points from that mediation. They wanted a full exchange. And he comes in and says the ceasefire would keep them there. That is just desperation. I mean, I don't even know how else to explain that. But the point is the ceasefire is not going to do anything but bring the people home they claim they're fighting for. And he, the point, what he says here, who is demanding a, anyone who's demanding a ceasefire, right? So most of Israel, right? Jewish voices for peace. All sorts of groups all over the world, maybe save for the belligerent maniacs like Ben Shapiro and the rest of the people that you're, but you have to understand guys, the ceasefire is a call that is resounding like around the world, most countries, most peoples, it's very clear. So he's basically saying all of these people, including most of your people in Israel are what don't want their people back. I mean, it just, you can't even make sense of this when you really think it through ceasefire that leaves our hostages in Gaza and Hamas in power is saying that the rapists who perpetrated the October 7th massacre... Of course, the rapist, based on an allegation that has been proven to be riddled with lies, and there is no forensic evidence, there's no way to act. And by the way, still, still, not a single person has publicly come forward and made that claim. And all the liars that keep getting caught lying are the ones that are repeating these stories. Should get away with it. No, no one's saying that. It's a ceasefire. Why would you say Hamas would get away from anything? I mean, they're literally calling them terrorists. The point is, you can continue your operations the moment your hostages come home. They don't want that. Should not be brought to justice and should be left free to reoffend while Hamas leaders are telling us that they will perpetrate another October 7th and another and a million October 7th. Yeah, the leaders, the ones you're protecting in Qatar, the ones that have all the money that you guys gave them to continue to destabilize Palestine. Those leaders. As much as it takes. That is the consequence of calling for a ceasefire. I understand people don't want more suffering. They want this war to go away. But when you are calling Israel to defend itself, you are saying that the people who burned whole families alive. There it is. Continuing to go back to the lies. They just don't have anything else. Their own media have proven these are lies. Even they had to admit that 200 of those people were Hamas members, which means that they were conflating them because they bombed houses with all of them in there. 
And they've later admitted that. And again, the point becomes clear that because of numerous points of, of the munitions that were used, Hamas was not capable of creating this. Burning whole families alive or all of the things he goes on to say next. All of these have been shown to be blatant lies. Who tortured children in front of their parents, mutilated parents in front of their children, who committed barbaric acts of rape should be able to get away with it. And let me ask you something. Why, what does any of that have to do with the argument of ceasefire bringing the hostage home? It's, it's a, that's what atrocity propaganda is meant to do, to make you feel uncomfortable that you would even be resistant or doing anything other than going after that. None of that happened. Their own media has proven that. Haaretz has broken it down. And Israel should not be allowed to defend itself. That is the meaning of calling for <laughs> a ceasefire. And that's why I repeat my challenge. Anyone going on the protest, the next protest in London. And what does, have to, what does any of this have to do, what he's about to say, with what he just said? What's, what is that? He's just is spinning it into some manipulative point that makes you laugh. Like, you know, it changes the subject in a way that makes you focus on this absurd challenge instead of what he just rattled off. Who takes a selfie of themselves with a sign saying, I condemn Hamas for raping Israeli women and girls. I will personally donate 10 pounds to UNRWA or any charity of their choice. They should tag me on Twitter at Elon A. Levy. I mean, what does that mean? I don't even understand why he thinks that's an interesting point. So you're willing to fund your own ter the terrorist group that you keep telling us we all should fight if we're willing to say the lie that you keep parroting? Why does that? Th why does he think that makes him look good? I don't understand that. Now, again, the aid that they continue to block while pretending that so much aid is coming through. Again, I'll just start with this one. Here's Eli David. Hi, Unra. How could it be, this UNRWA saying people are starving, how could it be that people are on the verge of famine, which it's provable, everybody anywhere is saying, UN, everybody's saying this, it's very clear, people on the ground, journalists proving it, but he says, when hundreds of aid trucks enter every day. Oh, is that what's happening? Even though you guys at first were pretending Hamas was letting them through, and then it got proven that they weren't the ones that were involved with it, and on top of that, we know that Sisi has come out and said, Israel is preventing aid from passing through the crossing, over and over, Gaza, aid trucks, as Egypt says, Israel not cooperating back in October. Let's jump forward to today. This is from, oh, this is October 16th. Egypt says Israel's stance is stopping entry of crucial aid. But today, here's January 24th, Egypt CC accused Israel of impeding aid deliveries to Gaza. Guys, it's very obvious what's happening. Very, very, very obvious. So here, as I said, as Daniela points out, the fifth day in a row, Israeli settlers are gathering to personally, physically block the aid while Palestinians are dying and while they're defunding the only agency that can continue to help them, I said illegal Israeli settlers continue to block the aid to their own hostages as well, guys, as well as Palestinians. Realize these people that are held hostage are going to be starving to death if they don't let this through for the fifth day in a row. This with open support for doing so by the Israeli government. But please tell me about Hamas stopping aid again. That was their original lie. Here's Mossad. At the crossing to block aid. Hooray. They're completely inside and then by the way they're all in here because their government is letting them do this you realize this is a controlled area they're letting them do this they're coordinated in doing so while blaming anybody else and they they think that we can't see this here's an interesting go I, this is just the word aid from the Mossad account look at how many times they're talking about this blocking aid to hamas defense minister is here to, gets an earful to stop humanitarian aid and they're lying and saying, no, 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 it's because this is, look, all these, all these trucks are coming through or Hamas stopping it. They just lie about, they, I mean, what's funny is it seems like they're lying in like four different ways in different directions. Like we can't see that or it's just completely clumsy. Thank you. 
to all that came out yesterday to prevent aid. Very clear. Here they are preventing aid to Hamas. An Israeli soldier arrested for blocking aid to Hamas. Hardly. Like, come on. This is How are they going to say that and then praise it right here for doing the same thing? Another day as they're blocking aid, right? like in, in between going, you're arrested for doing the thing that we're all promoting. And a, a Hamas terrorist and a UN truck. Nope. You're lying because that's your job. My point is you can go on and on and on. They're just, they've been praising the blocking of aid as far back as you want to look. Here's a clip from Israeli media. Making sure you understand this is not some far-right protest. This goes on all spectrums of the Israeli society, which is important. Up here, and we're going to interview some of them that we can try and find to talk to. Some of them who came out, but they're members from all different sides of the Israeli political spectrum. They say they're from the right, they're people from the left, they're religious, they're secular. All some of them are families of hostages, but all coming out for the simple goal of saying trying to stop humanitarian aid. So, Shoshana, do you want to join me and tell us a little bit about why you came out here today? Why it's important for you to come here and protest? Why do you think they need to stop this aid? Well, all the hate that's going in is going straight to Hamas. It's just supporting supporting the terror. This is so stupid. It's provably not. I mean, it, it, this is just parroting the same narrative because they're. it's the same reason you see Americans come out and say, oh, the Iranians are terrorists and everybody's Muslims are bad. Or, you know, it's the same stuff because they're. It's, it's promoted by your government. It's not true. It's obviously not true. I don't see any reason to support terrorism. Nobody wants that. We just want our hostages home. We want to. Oh, yeah. And the point is that, that that aid would keep them alive and they keep refusing to take them home. Like, they're uninformed. Stop Hamas. I don't understand why that's a problem. (laughs) Just mindless. And by the way, I actually don't think I included today, but they they had a post where somebody came out and was promoting this and saying, by the way, here's a lesson for you. That truck has flour and sugar. And when they put together with fertilizer, that makes bombs. It's like, my God. Well, really, you would need fertilizer with pretty much a lot of other things to make bombs. The flour and sugar without fertilizer makes what's called particle bombs, where anything that is particulate enough like sawdust, for example, which can be ignitable, can be used to make a you know, pretty minor but somewhat explosion. So the argument is this desperately needed food and basic essentials because we can abstractly say once you add bomb materials to it, becomes a bomb. Yeah, shocking. <laughs> I mean, it's just so pathetic, and they must know that's ridiculous. Oh, people are on the verge of famine, but how in all these trucks are, how are the trucks coming through hundreds a day when they're literally blocking it? David, how do you explain that for me? And again, the Egypt is openly telling you that Israel continues to block it, and Egypt has posted images of the trucks waiting in line. It's obvious, and you can prove it. I'm just, it's so important to understand how many lies, like real-time, obviously provable deceptions are taking place, and your governments just don't care. And Matt Miller will, with a smile on, tell you you're wrong. And again, in case you need to see it for the 14th time, Netanyahu is looking for countries to absorb ethnically cleansed Palestinians. Now, what's interesting is you're seeing like a right wing push on this topic the last couple of days. It's not new and they didn't break the story. This is from the 26th. I think their story came out on the 27th. The point is that this has been there. Here is the Wall Street Journal from November 13th in 2023. The West should welcome Gaza refugees. The point of this article is to overlap with the border conversation from the right wing media and to make it about, you know, bringing in Palestinians, which then become some terrorist threat. The point is very clearly that this is them trying to force these Palestinians literally anywhere. They just picked up on the part of it to make it about the West, that they're going to force them on the West countries. Well, it's certainly possible. 
The, the point should not be about you freaking out about people that look different than you coming to your country, but at the point that these people are being ethnically cleansed, that they are being terrorized, they're being murdered in real time and displaced around the world because Netanyahu says, and we only focus on our own interests. It's pretty petty, if you ask me. It matters, obviously. But let's realize this is not just Western countries. This is everywhere, including Western countries. They're going, anybody take these people because we don't want them displacing them from their own territory. And again, again, as many of us have been trying to show everyone that this was always the plan, and yet, even with information like this, far too many still pretend this is an anti-Semitic conspiracy theory because authority figures say so. Here are hundreds of right-wing settlers taking part in a conference to plan the return to Gaza Strip. Dancing around. This is a massive conference. You can see in the background, the locations planned out. They're resettling the Gaza Strip the moment they move them out of the way. Yet we're denying that's happening. Here is a settler who was at one of these locations admitting, no, we just don't give them food. We don't give them anything and they'll have to leave, right? We starve to death because freedom and democracy. Arabs will move. Why do you say that? Why do you if say you that? don't give them, if you don't give we want to have our hostages then, right? Yeah, and, and they've been offering over and over and over and over and they don't care. So we don't give them food. We don't give the Arabs anything. If you don't give them food, the hostages will starve. They will have to leave. The world will not accept them. Oh, well, the world. So the world will accept them as you guys force them out of their own territory, right? Just in case you think that was misunderstood or a one-off, here she is saying the same thing to another interview. Them out of Gaza, and we'll use different methods. One of them is not to give them any humanitarian aid. So they kind of- yeah, otherwise known as a war crime. And she's talking about Palestinians, you understand? This is not a Hamas overlap. This is all of them because these are illegal settlers. I, oh, but, but, by the way, I didn't say it in the first one. I was in the tweet. But this is Danielle Weiss, former mayor of the settlement uh, Kadamim in the West Bank and is at the Return to Gaza conference. Countries of the world will have pity on them and take them. All right, so your point is if we starve them to death, it'll force other countries to feel bad enough to take them so we can get what we want. I mean, proudly, think about the hubris. Think about the entitlement to say something like that and not have any sense of awareness that what you're saying is murderous, like like villainous. It really is just absolutely shocking. And just in case you didn't, the Israeli defense minister, uh, where, where was, his name was, uh, go, shoot, Gallant. I confuse the two of them because they look very similar. It's weird. The point is that after the war, and they have been open about this, Israel will govern Gaza under military rule. I mean, it's just very clear. Now, whether you think that's going to happen or the settlements, I think both are going to happen simultaneously. They're going to displace as many as possible, if not all of them, put it under military occupation, which it already is, but it's they're going to deploy military into Gaza again. And then, just like they're doing in the West Bank and elsewhere, increasingly, step-by-step, step, incrementally, take more settlements. They're preparing it right now. It's all gallant, thank you. It's all in front of you. Everything is clear. They're caught about everything they're doing, lying about everything left and right, and it just matters whether we can pay attention, whether we can talk about this and be honest about it. You can make a difference if you simply speak up inform people of the truth, show them the provable facts, not from my website. I, I want you to, but the point is that I think people that are skeptical, I, I think it's important to go right to the source material. And see, things like that, by the way, where I'm you know, hurting myself, essentially, in, in the interest of the truth, 
I hope that embodies everything that we do all the time. But given the source material, given the links that show you that they're lying, compare it to what they're saying, reach people, have conversations about this. Because right now, the support is on your side. Like, and again, like I said the other day, there's a lot of, po- I mentioned there's so many bad things happening. It's such a dark time in regard to stuff like this. There is a positive line to this, that we can, we're reaching people. And it's not just that, as I've said many times, it's that like on the conversations like this, the Israeli government has lost the control over so many things that it had before, and it's not getting it back as far as I can tell. We need to capitalize on that information and show people what these governments really are, from European governments to the Western, to U.S. governments, to Israeli governments, that they are actively colluding to control you in very nefarious ways and are actively killing seemingly anybody they want to get it done and calling it freedom and democracy. We can change that. In fact, we are changing that, and that's why this is getting desperate. So focus on the positive here, that we are, in effect, reaching a moment where we can truly change things for the better more than we already are, and this is a desperate attempt to push this further and wrap you back in. Now, be on guard for stuff like that, especially as we go toward the election. Frankly, I think the Texas border thing is part of that. And again, that does not mean that there's not real stuff happening. I talked about it extensively, but is nonetheless being used against you, And I, in my opinion. And I think that's what the effort will be. We talked about the Russiagate QAnon kind of concept, which I think were just two arms of the same agenda because they happen simultaneously and both sides. What were the main points? Well, there's insiders in the government and they're fighting against the bad sides of the government. So trust them, trust the plan. And what did it do? It drove people who were aware to some degree of the lies to fall back into comfortably going, hey, we trust them. They're the good guys. We found it. We're done. Go back to sleep. It's a minefield. We have to realize that we have to guide people past that initial step once they wake up. And it's never been easier to do it. So that's, I mean, what is that if not a positive thing right there? You know, and again, there are a lot of good people out there fighting for good things. And we need to remember that every day. Trust me, me more than anybody, because it is difficult to continue to see all these terrible things. And, you know, you lose sight sometimes that there are good things out there. And I think it's more than not. As one thing I brought up more than, more than once in the past to end on, Caitlin Johnstone made this point about, you know, they wouldn't pretend to be fighting for freedom and democracy and human rights and whatever else if they didn't think that we wanted that. Now realize they're not fighting for those things. That's why those things aren't inherently bad just because they claim they're fighting for them like sustainability. They're not really doing that. But think about it for a second. They wouldn't pretend to be good if we didn't want good out of the world. So it's not, you know, realize that shows you that the world is not slanted that way. It's the control. It's the sociopathic manipulators at the top of authority that convince you that the enemy is next to you, that your neighbor is the bad guy. And the truth is that we all want ultimately the same thing and are being pitted against each other. Just stop falling for it. It's as simple as that. Thank you for tuning in today. You're making a difference. Don't forget it. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant.